it is time again for part three of the European Trip Report with Alex. This is Alan. It's the Immersive Irony Podcast, again on Parkscope. What's going on, Alex? Hey, how's it going? Good weekend. Yeah, I know. It was positive, man. You obviously had a ton of fun at Fall Fun Fest. I'm sure I of it. did. I did. But before we get into our trip reports, as usual, we talk about the news, right? Yeah, so... Uh, you know, obviously these are, these are sent to Joe and then Joe will get them up. He may even do them all at once. Who knows? I have no um, idea what he's going to do. No idea just spread them out, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so the last time that we recorded, there was the rumor about the Six Flags Cedar Fair, uh, merger, acquisition of Cedar Fair, whatever you want to call it. Long story short, didn't happen. Um, I think we, I think we like said it wasn't going to happen but we said it would be fun to talk about it just f- for the hell of it yeah because it's it was kind of absurd <laughs> it, it sounds like it sounds like what the the big sticking point was was a tax issue with the way that cedar fair is set up because cedar fair is set up with uh instead of having shares it has like portions or something like that uh oh, okay. it's it's done this way to try and prevent uh, taxation of, I want to say, uh, like the dividends that go out to shareholders, something along those lines, because it's a, a limited partnership versus a limited liability corporation, something something like that. Anyways, uh, long story short, and this was actually something that had come up from, uh, you know, I think Wells Fargo when they did the analysis. Uh, they initially had kind of poo-pooed the idea, and then they went back and said, we looked at it again, and it just doesn't make sense from a tax perspective. And um, so it was that, and I guess it was it was mostly stock versus cash from the Six Flags off- offer. But it was a real offer by all accounts. And, um, you know, it's interesting that Six Flags went that way, but it makes you wonder then, will Six Flags go to look to acquire anybody else? Because Seas is out there. Um, Merlin's not in the market anymore, obviously. Yeah, that happened while we, I think that might have happened while I was in Europe or slightly beforehand. Like, yeah, yeah, the Merlin Lego acquisition. Owns them. Yeah, Lego owns them. Um, which I think like is I feel a, like that was like half the reason they did that was just to get back con- complete control of their parks. But I think that yeah, no, I agree because that's those are the biggest you know gates that they've got. I mean, they've got obviously there's Alton Towers and Thorpe, but internationally. You know, the number of Legoland parks that have been built and are being built, you know, with South Korea, um, New York is going to come online soon. They already have parks in Nagoya, in uh, Malaysia, just over the border with Singapore, the UK, Denmark, Los Angeles, or I should say Los Angeles, but Southern California, uh, Florida as well, Germany. In fact, we'll actually, I think, talk about the German one just a little bit. Yeah, 10 um, parks. uh and Dubai. Are, yeah, there are 10 parks right now that are, you know, open or scheduled to open. So it makes sense, I think, for them to get that. I, I don't know if they want to necessarily have the animal parks um, long t- Well, there's not really a lot of animal parks, but they do have some stuff that's that's there. I wonder if Six Flags would have any interest in, you know, some of the other attractions. I don't really see them wanting to expand internationally with their own money. Um, so I kind of feel like that's that's kind of off the table. But you got C's, you have Apex. Not that there's really any value in Apex. Um, no, not really. 
Premier Parks is doing really good. Uh, Apex seems to be going in a really good place, and then unfortunately, Al Weber died. Yeah, I know they got the. I haven't really heard much about that chain since then, really. They got the uh, the former president of Great Great Adventure, if I remember correctly, after that occurred. Right. uh, Right. I know that there's investor money in there somewhere, but I think that there's a limited number of places for them to buy out. You know. um, Yeah. um, Because they got. There's Palace. Palace is out there. Um, but I, I don't know that Parque Reunidos is looking to sell Palace. So there's not a whole lot of operators that are left for Six Flags to buy. And and a lot of the parks that are out there, you know, that they don't already have an operations contract with. You've got Clementon. You've got, which, you know, may or may not exist soon. Yeah, I didn't think that was... When I heard it was closing, I... I... I hate to say this, but unfortunately, I don't think that's the end of that park. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't hate, I don't like to put ill will on a lot of parks. I mean, you know what? It could be a good thing. Maybe someone will buy it and finally put some money into it, but I don't know. That, that there are many more problems that go beyond just the park itself. So, Yeah. Um, I mean, other things that are out there, you've got Magic Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you start getting to parks that they used to have, like yeah. like Wild Waves and, and Elitches. Lakeside would actually be an ideal place, but they're never going to get an offer for that park. Um, so so you have a lot of parks out there that exist. and Yeah, I could have seen them getting Ilch back, but with what's going on with it, they're not going to, obviously, that, no. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I just, you know, once you get past that, then, then the numbers go, you know, really south real fast. I mean... We know that they're not going to invest money in a place like a Sam's Fun City. We know that they're not going to invest money, or they're not going to have the option to buy somewhere like Alabama Splash Adventure. Um, and they're not going to buy Holiday World. They're not going to buy Knobles. They're not going to buy Dutch Wonderland. So you have this this very limited number of places that they have a shot at that makes sense for the chain. Uh and it, you can almost count it on one hand, I think, right now. It, it, to me, it's like Magic Springs, which, you know, has been in in this sort of holding pattern for well over a decade since EPL got it. And I don't even know who EPL is. Oh, uh, the properties, right? Yeah, yeah. They were that, that hedge fund, that property hedge right, fund. Right, right, right. You know, and they almost scrapped the entire dry park. And then they decided not to. Yeah, they were starting uh, to, but then... Then they gave up. And then now it's just there. It's, you know, it's the park for Arkansas. Um, which, you know, obviously a very ideal place, Arkansas, to have a theme park. Um, it's not a bad park. It's not bad. No, I, I don't know. I haven't been there yet. I might go next year, thinking about okay. it. Okay. Um, I might as well. Uh, we we want to do a Midwest trip. I think next year, like around holiday Hollywood nights, and you know, that's I, so I far thinking, from Branson. So I I don't want to kill myself again, like I have been this year. Yeah, you, yeah, um, you're uh, you're very banishing things. So I, I need to to rest a little more. I want to spend some more time fishing, but I was thinking like one idea for next year would be to do 
uh, that and Alabama Splash Adventure because I haven't been on Rampage yet either. Oh wow! I, just, I, I figured you just hadn't been there for like forever. I never realized you'd never been there. I had I had booked to be at Rip Roaring Rampage seventeen years ago, and I hurt my knee at Fall Fun Fest, and so I had to cancel it. Oh, and that's you're a like true story. It forever. It ended up being like thunderstorms. I would have got on it at least. Oh, okay. Um, but I think it's probably running pretty well right now, from all I've heard. I know it's a bad park, but you know. Same thing with Magic Springs. Like I know it's a bad park, but I want to go on the rides. So, so there are other things that Six Flags has been like. You know, I, th- there was all these crazy surveys that always come out. But one of the most recent surveys was for them to start building like FECs or acquiring FECs. One of the re- one of the two, which that that would be something, I guess. I, I don't know at this point. Like whatever they acquire from now on, I think it's just. It's so hard to predict now, but you know they're going to keep on doing this the way they're doing it. I think, yeah. you know, I, I've seen that discussion uh, and I've I've interacted with it in a few places, especially on Reddit, because um, a lot of people were like, well, that's a terrible idea. You know, that's that business model doesn't work. Look at Disney Quest. And I'm like, no, it works yeah. great. You just don't use the Disney Quest business model, which is terrible. Like, yeah, build a huge-ass building that doesn't need to be that big and have s- huge amounts of overhead. The biggest issue with Disney Quest is you, they had bespoke games. Like, they they developed all their own stuff, and it's like... Yeah. All, all you have to do is go rides. buy some off-the-shelf rides and, you know, spend money on the same big, you know, arcade cabinets everybody else has, do Ticket Redemption, you're fine. I believe like their that's... overhead was also a problem, though, wasn't it? It probably it probably didn't help in the end, but I mean. And then their 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 lease in in the middle of Chicago was a really big problem. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, when your when your startup cost is probably somewhere in the range of like fifty million dollars, <laughs> that's a lot of money to recoup. That's a lot of people playing the same you know six video games you have out there. Yeah. And to have to constantly rotate that that's the problem that they ran into. If you spend if they spend three four million dollars on developing a video game attraction. You know, how many people can you put through on that three or four million dollar thing versus three or four million dollars worth of SBF visa rides? Yeah. You know, you know, we we all know the problem there is they expected this to be in every single city and then it didn't work out. So all the development costs just. They went horrible. Yeah. 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 I mean, they they didn't scale it right. You know what uh, city really wants a theme park? I can name several. Um, Do you know what mayor? of a city says that there's going to be one announced within the next six to eight weeks? I did not hear this. Uh, Houston. But if I, I was going to guess Houston. Adventure Investor Point. Turner, apparently. Yes. Ad- Adventure Point is, is actually somewhat built up now. I don't know if it's related to that. Who knows? Like, this is the thing that's been needed. Obviously, we, we don't need to go into this long, drawn-out conversation because we could and eventually we will i think yeah because we should have a remembering asteroid episode since joe as we mentioned last episode went there i don't know what his how i guess it was a family vacation i assume something like that like they were in houston and it was like oh we can go to asteroid cool i I went there the second to last weekend to uh and I was so happy that happened. But uh, anyways, like, yeah, it's, it's that park should have never closed. And uh, that 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 
it's like one of the biggest cities in the country, and it doesn't have a major amusement park. It's it's stupid. So it's yeah. mind blowing. Uh, yeah. There are there are multiple markets where you could build a large FEC and do well. You know, an indoor one. You know, there's there's places that have small parks. Houston technically has in the metro area a couple of small parks, like with Kima, right, um, Galveston, and Galveston. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix has castles and coasters. Um, you know, and then Schnepp Farms, I guess. Uh, Tulsa has nothing. Nashville has nothing. Another uh, part that should have never closed. Yeah, Memphis has nothing. So you know, there's a bunch of places out there that. Were somebody to build large-scale indoor FECs, they'd do fine. Um, and and I think honestly, in the in the case of like Memphis and Nashville, you could probably even build an outdoor park and do fine too. It just it, it is what it is that, that the, those places don't have parks at this stage, um, you, largely because of just bad bad you know moves on on other people's parts, less than the park being a failure, but. <coughs> yeah, um, I'd be I'd be really excited to see what happens with Houston if there is something that gets announced soon. That's been going on forever. I mean, there's there have been so many Houston Park uh, plans for for an eternity. New Orleans too, actually. I know I know Jazzland didn't work out, but you know, part of that's the fact that it was underwater and in a bad location for the city. So and the city was recovering. Yeah. 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 I mean, so there's a bunch of places, Detroit, too, actually, for that matter. Um, kind of a huge city. Uh, Milwaukee doesn't really have its own. I mean, you could go on forever. Omaha just has the, the big O, or whatever it is, uh, whatever that, that small FEC is called. Um, Wichita has nothing. Um, you know, go down the line, and it's like, at some point, you know... A decent size outdoor facility, kind of expanding in that fun spot mold, I think would do fine in a, in a lot of these markets. But well, if they do build a, a park and they build some transportation rods, let's hope they don't strand people for three hours six days after it opens. So I'm going to have to say that I'm going to guess that this is probably Disney's fault that the Skyliner wound up in that oh, yeah. position. Oh yeah, there is no doubt in my mind. It, uh, so, if anyone isn't aware, Disney will take someone else's hardware and create their own software. That's just what they do. And because of that, there are some companies that they cannot buy from because the companies simply say, no, we're not going to allow you to do that. You know, we, we like, I know B&M is one of them. I I wonder if Doppelmeyer was totally aware that that was going to happen or might happen. <laughs> um, they're the company that actually constructed this system for the Skyliner. Yeah, the fact that they messed this up six days after, I, I, it just it's mind boggling that they can mess up a technology that has. How often do you hear ski lifts stranding people? Like it's practically never. Especially large gondola systems like this. Especially large gondola systems because uh, it, 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 the fact that it's not that big of a deal to evac people on this system because they're just 20, feet off the, 20 30 feet off the ground on flat ground. But with, you know, some places you're going across huge cliffs up and down steep 
terrain where evac is very, very difficult. And uh, so they don't ever have these problems very often. It, it, occasionally something happens, and uh, but not six days after it opens, after testing it for six months, that, that's even more mind-boggling. So uh, not even to make it out the first week is incredible to me. Yeah. That was that was astonishing. I now, mean, I want to reiterate, nobody was in any danger whatsoever, and it, you really shouldn't be worried about this system, even after this F-up that Disney did. I, I mean, let's be given the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it was something else. Maybe it was a manufacturing thing, and it just happened to happen six days after testing it for six weeks or six months. But I don't know, man. And uh, they didn't really crash. Um, It just seems, what it seems to me is one of them got stuck. And I think the biggest issue is now, like, the system didn't react to it fast enough. Whether that would have happened on a stock Doppelmeyer system, I don't know. But uh, it's just, it's questionable. Uh, considering it's, you know, it's a company that's built thousands of these things. It's, I don't don't know. I feel like Disney, of all the things they said, we need to, you know, let the the company do its thing. This should have been one of them because, I mean, the monorail. It already has a bad enough reputation, and this company is known for these systems. It's just incredible. But, again, it seems like one of them got stuck, and then the way it happens is, you know, uh, everyone's very, very freaked out about how they, they call it the, the vehicles coming in hot into the station. And it's completely normal for these ride vehicles, these gondolas, to be spaced as close as they are. It's, and it's slowed down with a mechanical systems of gears. So all the tires, there's a bunch of tires when it comes. So, okay, so it's connected to the cable. And then when it comes in, mechanically, a lever pulls down on a wheel that disattaches the gondola from the cable. And then as soon as that happens, it passes onto a tire wheel that advances it kind of like a roller coaster does in the stations. And there's a series of wheels as you're coming back into the station that are geared so the, 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 the first wheel is spinning at the same rate as the cable. And then the next one, a little bit slower and a little bit and slower and a little bit slower. And I'm pretty sure it's all mechanically done with just a bunch of gears. And um, I don't even think the wheels are all individually um, powered with, like, an individual motor per wheel. Uh, So, like, there's no way that it can fail um, and crash. Uh, And they didn't really crash. It it just, I think one got stuck, and then the rest of them just kept on piling onto it. And uh, that's why the, the one that stuck was put at such a awkward angle because other ones were just pushing against it. Um, so, and he- heck, I would have loved to be on there. I mean, what people got compensated for, it just seemed pretty cool for a three hour uh, inconvenience. But uh, I digress. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I still am interested to ride it because it's a free ride. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's a big ride, too. Like, it's a huge attraction um, that, that you can, anybody can ride all the time. And and so automatically, I've always been interested in it. I'm sure they'll figure it out. I feel yeah. confident. 
if nothing else, they'll end up bringing them back, you know, the people that should do the control system and, and have them do it properly. Um, I'm sure Doppelmeyer was still on site. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll, I'm sure we'll hear more about it at some point in the future, too. So. Yeah. And since we have building up such a queue of podcasts, it's probably already opened. So uh, let us know how, it, how that happened. Or we'll let yeah. you know eventually. <laughs> yeah, who knows? We might have been there by the time this is all released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but that's about it for the news. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, I went to Knobles this past week, and not much to talk about. Just just do the highlights. Um, you know, we got there on Friday morning or Friday afternoon. Um, Ariel's like, why do we need such how much time? Whatever. I'm like, it, just trust me, we need a lot of time. And uh, yeah, it took us like two and a half hours to set up. Uh, mainly because the 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 the, uh, the small apartment size tent that I have now, I've only set up one other time before, so it took a while to remember how to set it up. And uh, got all that set up, went down for the enthusiast event, which is free of charge. Uh, if you are a member of a ton of coaster clubs, you just have to sign up on the website just the night the day before. Um, actually, and uh, you get three hours of ERT on the Phoenix, and eventually the Haunted Antique Cars open up once it gets dark enough. Um, there's free food. A um, little change this year is they had a ticket system, um, so you know you couldn't get seconds, but then again, you had a ticket for uh, corn. You had a ticket for cake, you had a ticket for a drink, and then you had a ticket for the buffet, and you were allowed to take one item, one, one of each item from the buffet, which included hamburgers, hot dogs, tri-taters, pierogies, and the BBQ rib sandwich, which unfortunately by the time we got there was out, so I had to buy Ariel the, uh, the rib sandwich the next day. <laughs> She's like, we waited so long. I told you we shouldn't have waited so long. I'm like, but really good deal considering it's free. And then live entertainment, Dick Knobel and people like that. Uh, I think Rick even gets up there and plays a little while. And uh, Dick likes to sing the Ring of Fire. And uh, fun time, fun time. Uh, as far as the Phoenix goes, it actually seemed to not be running um, the best of it. It seemed a little sluggish this weekend, and Twister, in my opinion, which was weird. You know, we're always saying it seems like it's running the best it ever has, but I can honestly say for once, did not seem like it was running the best it ever had. And it, we were really feeling the back seat instead of the Schmeck seat. I know, hmm. I know. I mean, you know, it was a cool weekend this weekend, though. Like, the temperatures dropped off pretty dramatically. Oh, let me tell you about Friday night. We got cold. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I'm all prepared with a sleeping bag. And a few hours into the night, Ariel's like, I'm shaking, I'm shaking. I'm like, okay, fine, have my have my uh, sleeping bag. Because she had, like, three blankets. And I'm like, oh, you might get away with that, but probably not. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a sleeping bag... It's so much better than a bunch of layers of blankets because it insulates. So, anyways, uh, yeah, uh, the 
it was weird to say that the back seat felt better than the Schmeck seat, but running so smooth, um, it tracks around the corners really well now because they've done redone the corners. It, you don't have a lot of that shuffle that the PTCs develop over time. Well, the track develops from the PTCs, um, so it's very nice. Um, I, it really is not a rough part of the track, and a few years ago there was. Like, that double-up, double-down was pretty... It was a little... Uh, I mean, there were some nice potholes in that, but now, I mean, I don't even know what you would replace right now. Um, but that was the first evening. Uh, the next day, we, uh, we got the... Uh, Enthusiast wristband, which you have to now pre-order online, um, which was $42, and it included Haunted Mansion ride, two slices of pizza, and a Coke, or a Pepsi, um, and then uh, one of the games, which we never used. But um, we ended up, uh, throughout the day, spending about uh, like $67 altogether, so we, we made our money back on the wristband. Uh, was not a mistake. Uh, we, we did a lot of things all over the place. Impulse was running nicely. Uh, did the sky ride for the first time forever. Downdraft was closed all weekend, which was kind of a bummer. Um, I wanted to try the new one. They just replaced it with a new one, and I hadn't had a chance to uh, do it yet. Um, the new ride, the uh, Tumbling Timbers, that was also open Friday night. I forgot about that. And uh, that's the SBF Vista. Uh, I think the model name is Crazy Cabs, but it's basically the roller coaster cars from the spinning coasters put onto a, a spinning platform, kind of like one side of a um, teacup ride, more or less, or something like that. And it was fun. It has an interesting cycle that it, it changes things up. Like one time it just spins, one time it, it, the, the cars themselves don't spin, but the center wheel spins. So you get like some nice centrifugal forces. Uh, it, it was fun. It was a neat little ride. And they have a nice little cute topper on the middle that they made in-house of Cosmo. Um, nice addition. Wish I had been able to get on that. Uh, uh, man, I'm going to always be jealous of you that you got to ride over the top once. Uh, the next day. <laughs> the very next freaking day. Ugh. But, um, yeah, the bumper cars were running really nicely. Uh, the flyers on Saturday, uh, the operator didn't care whatsoever, so I was snapping the heck out of it um had some like triple snaps i, I one run i must have had like nearly 20 snaps it was really good it was really really awesome um did the uh oh the uh the haunted antique car ride uh the night before that was really well uh they I, we didn't remember actors the night before they might not have just been doing it the uh year before um on the the preview night but they they were there and they kept on getting me for whatever reason I don't know why, but considering all they do is just pop out of a hole and yell at you, um, but that that thing is really impressive and they just keep on adding on to it every year uh, to expand it more and more. It's it's fantastic, as is the uh, haunted pioneer train. Um, that that just keeps being expanded and refined and you know Knobles they don't really do any like custom. Um, decorations a little bit but a lot of it is just store-bought stuff like I, I, the, the spider that I put on top of my car look look for the vlog you'll see that or my Twitter you'll see what how I decorate my car uh, at the campsite it's pretty epic uh, but on the haunted antique car ride we, the the, the um, 
the next day we did it and it was during the daytime and I looked at that spider. I'm like, oh my God, that's the same spider that's on my car right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, we uh, dressed the dog up. Uh, I was Slimer. I just had like a Slimer mask. So Slimer was like basically taking over my head and my, my, my face went through the, the, the his mouth. And uh, I was so mad because everyone was just looking at Chili being dressed up as a Ghostbuster, not looking up at me and seeing that we were a themed costume together. And I'm just like, ugh. Stupid cute dog. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, it was just a fun time. Um, it, it was busy, of course, with the festival. You know, if you come on Saturday, come early or you're screwed. Uh, and don't leave in the middle of the day or you're screwed. Um but uh, if you know how to do the park for the most part, you don't need to really wait that long. The longest wait we waited was like, you know, 40 minutes at most for the Pioneer train. And after that, it was yeah, no more than 20 minutes for anything the entire day. Um, rode the uh, flying turns for the first time this year in the front seat uh, Saturday night. Closed that out. It was running wonderful. Um, a little slow, but still a lot of fun. Like, Still, the intensity was there, but man, we were crawling onto the brake run. It was, uh, it was like, oh my god, are we going to make it slow? Um, and uh, Saturday, Sunday morning, we just uh, ate breakfast, went around the uh, Covered Bridge Festival, rode the Phoenix. We were going to ride the the Flyers, but the guy was like. He wasn't, like, slowing it down when someone started snapping. He was practically stopping it. So we were like, nah, not going to waste $4 on on that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we left pretty early because it was a little rainy and drought, drizzly. Um, we didn't know that they, on Sundays, uh, all throughout October, they do uh, $20 wristbands. Um, if we had known that, we would have probably... Um, not got the wristband on Saturday and just done most of our rides on on Sunday. Um, but it was nice to get home by like 5 p.m. So that was it. It was a nice weekend. Pretty standard, but nice. Saw lots of people. Talked to lots of people. It was good. And the, the only cold night, really, the only really cold night was the first night. So it wasn't too bad. Unfortunately, didn't see uh, Kyle and Jenna. I looked for them, but we never crossed paths, unfortunately. Saw our buddy Matt and uh, a bunch of other people. So. But There's always a million people. Like, if you know people in the, the coaster scene, there's so many people that show up to that event. Or there so are lots many. of And then there's lots of people that you are like, oh, shit. yeah like the horrible like oh no oh no please i don't want to look at you or i don't want to talk to you or someone i i just even i i just stared at them like i'm not gonna even say a word to you (laughs) so um anyways uh, you you did cedar point and i'm very interesting to hear how your weekend at cedar point went because we're doing it in uh the weekend after this coming weekend so i want to Hear what we're in for, at least for uh, Friday night, Saturday morning. Um, you know, honestly, we did not go in the park Friday night because there's not a lot of stuff open, and I was tired. Like, it's like you drive, you drive home from work, and then you turn around, and drive exactly the same way you just came to get back to Cedar Point. Um, 
So I'd been on the road for like four and a half hours by the time I got to Cedar Point. And I was just like, you know what? I have two days here, you know, if I want to ride stuff. Um, a lot of things aren't even open, you know, for, for Fridays. They don't even open Dragster anymore on Fridays, which I find ridiculous, but not my call. Um, so I decided Anything to else of we... note that they don't open on Fridays? Uh, there's a full list of the stuff that's not open on Fridays, and it's, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's not opening at all uh, during the fall. So Windseeker, Wicked Twister, um, what else? Um, you know, a good number of flat rides don't open up. I don't think the giant wheels open on Friday nights. The sky ride's closed for the season. Um, so it's primarily, like, the haunts and a few of the coasters. Uh, we did not ride very much the entire weekend. I mean, you know, and I'll be the first to cop to it, which is fine. Like, we go because it's kind of like a resort weekend. Uh, we haven't been there since June. This is only our second visit and the last one for the year for Cedar Point. Um, so it's mostly like an opportunity to walk around, check stuff out, you know, eat melt. Um. Oh, melt. And just, and just kind of hang out and, you know look at stuff. Uh, we walked all the way down the boardwalk to where um, Sandcastle used to be, mm-hmm. which is now, there's grass that's been planted there, but there's a lot of lines, and it almost looks like they've they've drawn it up to then pave it as to that's where the new RV spaces and road will be. Um, so I think we'll probably hear about an expansion to the uh, to the campground for, for next year, uh, if we haven't already. Um, there's actually, it's interesting, there's the walkway that would lead to the pool is still there. It's the only thing that's left of Sandcastle. There's two railings. It, go, it goes below the current grade because they filled the entire pool area in, and then it went above that by about a couple of feet. So just it's kind of a walkway downhill into nothingness. Uh, very strange. You know the park itself really busy, especially Saturday. Saturday was over fifty thousand people. As we were told, it was a record day for revenue for Melt. Um. So it was like the biggest day they've ever done. Um, it was packed. I mean, we got on. Uh, what did we ride at the very beginning of the day? We rode, um, whatchamacallit there, um, rode Millennium Force, and we rode uh, Steel Vengeance, you know, in the first hour or so. And then after that, we just kind of hung out and walked around and did some other stuff. Rode Magnum a bunch. That was the ride we went on the most this weekend, because they were I, running all three trains, and the line was never too bad. So, uh, our idea was to probably be, uh, get on our way to Cincinnati by about, at the very latest, 2 p.m. Probably earlier than that. That sounds about right. They do early entry, right? On yeah, Saturdays? they do early. Yep, okay. one hour. They do early entry on Sundays, too. So, right, right. And on Fridays, I believe. I think they even do it at 5 o'clock on Friday. Right, so yeah, we're going to hit those two early entries and then get our food on our meal plan, I think, split. 
That sounds a good idea. Yeah, I think so. And a lot yeah. of the restaurants open up at eleven, so there's not necessarily a ton of uh, ton of waiting around, which is nice. So they open with the park then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't have to wait an hour for Melt to open up. Like you can go right there, and which yeah, is our plan fantastic. our plan on Friday is to get our you know do a vengeance, do a do a um a maverick, and then hit whatever is in front of us, and then hit up some of we want to do some of the haunts. So, but uh, I, I'm scared to go to Cedar Point in October. I'm I'm, I'm terrified, but uh. It'll be busy, but you'll be excited fine. at the same time. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. So you know, um, like I said, super busy, kind of what I expected. Um, and it's basically kind of like the closeout for for my domestic park going this year. I think it's possible I might go to Great Great America in November, but we'll see. Um. Otherwise, and I might even do something in Arizona when I go in December, but realistically, I'm primarily just looking at going out and doing uh, Efteling in November, and that's that's pretty much it. So, stuff in the U.S., done. Um, Actually, it's possible I might go to Compounds in a couple weeks, but not necessarily in the plans, so. But I'm fine with it. Like, I got to go on rides. I got to have a good time. I got to, you know, visit Cedar Point. Um, yeah, it's good. Did you good go Sunday? Yeah, we were there on Sunday. We stayed until about 2 o'clock or so. Um, the crowd's a little bit better on Sunday? Yeah, they're much better on Sunday. I mean, it's still, you know, you're still deal- dealing with some of the, the general, you know, Cedar Point end-of-season issues. I will say that Cedar Point did a few things this year, which which I think you know, were, were good aesthetically. They moved all of the uh, food trucks to the area over by the old Luminosity stage and Iron Dragon. That whole area has been, you know, heavily themed. They do nighttime shows there. Um, but they, they even themed the food truck area. You know, even though the food trucks aren't themselves themed, uh, that's where they're all located now, which is good. Um Gemini was running, but again, it, it barely raced. Um, oh, like the cat, I think they only run the Cadillac cars. They don't run the antiques that are in the back of the park. That's another ride that was closed. I just remembered that, too. Um, they don't have Cadillac cars anymore. I'm sorry? They only have antique cars. Both of them. Yeah, well, the the ones that are up at the front, so they used to have three cars. They had Turnpikes, Cadillacs, and Antiques. Oh, those are called Cadillac? Oh, okay. So the Cadillacs are the antique cars at the front of the park, and those still run, but the antique cars at the back by Maverick are closed. So, womp womp. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good time. It, it does seem strange to me that there's so much stuff that's not open when you have your busiest crowds, but they do technically have the walkthroughs. They're supposed to eat people, so there is that. Um yeah, I mean, I, I'm never, I never have a bad time. Like we stay at Breakers, it's never meant to be like ride, 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 die. It's Cedar Point. Like, I've, I've been on everything there a million times, and you know, it's all good. I like it all, but I don't need to ride, you know, thirty eight hundred roller coasters every time I go there. It's, 
it's kind of nice to go there and treat it a little bit like the resort that it pretends to be, you know, enjoying the restaurants, you know, being able to go to the hotel and, and take a nap. And then, you know, you go in the park for a little bit, maybe have a beer or something and then, you know, head back out. And then, uh, you know, we'll go to Perkins for dinner in the hotel because it never has a line unlike everything inside the park. You know, we were in the park until a little after 11 o'clock on Saturday and, you know, it starts to die down as the night goes on, as as all those parks do. So, um, I, I'm sure that there was a huge line trying to get in, though. I'm sure if if you were attempting to get in the park, uh, especially in the afternoon, you were probably in, in bad shape with, like, a massive, like, hour and a half to two hour wait of traffic to get up to the turns or to the booths, so... Also not my problem. Another reason why we stay on, on site, just to be able to just stay there, leave the car, walk away from it, and not touch it again until Sunday afternoon. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. That was Cedar Point. That was uh, the, the last trip there for the year. I don't know if I'll go to many other parks around here, but we'll see. Um, let's go ahead and get into Europe. We had gotten through Belgium on part two. Yes. So now we're we're getting into the the Dutch stuff. Yeah, and today will be more highlights, and then we should be hopefully get into some of the highlights, which will then conclude in the fourth part. Yes. So highlights, okay. The um, we're on. Not that it matters since I've never said it. We're on Sunday, August twenty fourth. At this point, the trip yep. started on the twelfth. Um, we started at. Uh, attraction Park Slagharan, um, which the most two notable things here. Um, did not spend a lot of time here because it was really busy. Um, I had a full lineup of stuff to do that day. Um, biggest thing they built was a triple launch Gershwaller Infinity Coaster by the name of Gold Rush. Some really cool theming. Um, this replaced a Scorchkoff. Like a looping star? Or something similar to that. Mm-hmm. And at that um, I think it's in Cyprus now, if I remember correctly, or Croatia. I think you are correct. It, it It's living another life, and somewhere shady, to at least visit. Um, and uh, it was a fun ride. Uh, I got to go on it twice, if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, I got to go on once, I think. Yeah, the line builds up by the time uh, I got off of it. It built up very, very quickly. There's a camping resort. There's a, I think it might be a, it's, it's a small resort. So there was plenty of people at opening. It wasn't a small, you know, trickle like it can be. Um, so it was a fun coaster. Uh, you know, not one of the, it, 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 to be honest with you, I can't remember much about it. So I had fun, but it wasn't one of the standout <laughs> Gerslaller Infinity Coasters of the trip, which I rode quite a few. So, um, but uh, worth going to, I'd say. But you don't need very much time at this park. Uh, the other thing I rode uh, was um, the Schwarzkopf Swing Ride, which um, is a very odd ride. I think, was it Lightwater Valley used to have one, I think? Uh, there were only two built, and this one was the prototype that used to do 
this weird like Ferris wheel type thing around. It's there's this huge moon that this whole ride is based around, like um, and the swings just go around it. The swings don't even lift up; they just swing out with centrifugal force. Kind of a boring swing ride, but it's a piece of Schwarzkopf history, so I had to do it. And it was neat to do it, but it was uh, nothing to really talk about. Do you have any? It seemed like you wanted to say something. Yeah, I did actually write it at uh, Lightwater Valley. And, okay. um, but that's fun. the like one I... that ended up at Amalot, right? I believe so. And I it's SNLB, so. I believe, currently. For that also sounds about right to me. Fitting and rotting. Um, so Which that is was too neat. bad. But, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the next thing I did was a quick stop because I had the Plaza Pass um, that got me into five parks. And also, um, word of the wise, I didn't realize this until a few parks in that I had already visited. It also got me 50% off of some other parks that were partner parks, like that ghetto park in Germany. I didn't realize that until after I visited the park that I could have only paid 50% for that ghetto park. So, oops, I was in Holiday Park peeing, and I saw an advertisement for it, and I right in front of me, I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Plopsa Indoor, it's, it's very similar to what uh, Holiday Park just built uh, last year um, on a larger scale. Um, you know, it's the size of... Oh, geez, what could I compare it to in America? It's the size of, like, your indoor water parks, basically. Uh, like a Great Bear. It's pretty much the size of that. Um, and uh, of tremendous theming. Um, they all have zero force coasters. Uh, the model of it is the Force 2, um, which, you know, I had already ridden. This place is identical to the place in... Belgium, more or less. Um, so I was in and out in about five, ten minutes because it's for kids. But uh, still a really impressive place. Uh, I mean, it's themed better. That one little small end area is themed better than a lot of theme parks in the United States. So there's that. <laughs> um, then moved on to Adventure Park Helen Doom. Helen Dorn. Helen Dorn. Anyways, uh, the uh, note here is three coasters, um, a Bacoma Looper. It's very similar to what Knobles had with the Whirlwind, except for the first inversion was a vertical loop instead of a corkscrew. Uh, Rule Rat, which uh, is a Bacoma roller skater of a custom layout. Um, this building used to house a, Zam uh, a Zaire Flitzer. Um, which then moved on to another park that we'll talk about later, uh, but it has then since closed for the new attraction I went to that park for. Um, and uh, it, it's a cool little roller skater with some really cool theming and uh, a short little outdoor section. You know, it's like a, it's like it does a 360 helix in like uh, somewhere between 180 and 90 degrees of that turn are outside. Um, a uh, really weird system where it's like there's a camera and a, a, a rotating um, 
gate that uh, the, the the person in the station uh, allows so many only so many people in, and then you have to enter in down a sewer with like dripping water and like low clearances. All this would never ever ever be allowed in the United States. Um, someone would hit their head or fall over and sue the park the first day. Um, then there's, oh my God, Dunderstin, Alan, help. Dunderstin. Uh, I'm looking, it's a Dunderstenen, I think maybe. The, the stone coaster. <laughs> no, you don't get stoned on it. There's literally stone theming on the front of the, uh, the Zero Force here. Um, same model that I had done just a hour or two before. It's a Zero Force 2. So it's cool to finally ride one of those outdoors. Um, that that was just a really weird theme. What the heck? Um, I did a top spin too, which I've never done before. Um, if you're not familiar with that, that is just basically a top spin, but it's a little bit smaller, has less capacity, and it felt almost identical. But I've never done one, so I wanted to see if they felt different, and they really don't. Um, Wasn't there one at Astro Land for a little while? I don't know. Not that I ever was able to. Not not any time during which I visited. Um, so the answer is yes. Okay. Okay. That was right. There you go. You're Anyways, good. Um, uh, I had a really really Degeller Degeller owns it now. So there you go. Oh, okay. Um, and a really weird dark ride. That's uh was like completely underground. I think it actually like there was like a facade building but you, you, like that looked like a haunted house but like you went underground the entire time i think it went underneath where the the the, the splash pad is like right in front of you or it was weird um and really weird like rotating vehicles with six people around a central uh you know you know wheel basically that you're sitting on um and it rotated around it was a shooter one some really cool theming that was that was enjoyable <clears throat> I think um, I think that's uh I think it's EOS rides maybe makes that one. I could be wrong. Um, okay. The vehicle looked very similar to the that semi roller coaster that I did uh, before going to Efteling at um, what Megaspiel Park or whatever that place was called. Um, yeah, Mega there's there's Spot, one of those Spotsland. Yeah, uh, or Mega Spielland or whatever it was. was yeah, that yeah, it? yeah. The, the the car just reminded me of that, but it was on a like a more of a dark ride track than a roller coaster track. Yeah, they have. Uh, that is the same exact system. I'm pretty sure that was used in Adventureland, which is in the UAE. It's not in Dubai. Uh, it's in one of the other Emirates. I think in Fujairah. Uh, it's the same park that has like two, has like two uh, powered coasters, and then also a, um, uh, that's the one that has a motorbike, and then the motorbike has like a tire lift hill. Ah, yes, yes, that weird thing. It's at that park. That that park is really strange. Uh, no, wait, I take that back. No, it's at Antics Land. That's what it was. Um, and that park also has like a suspended monorail that used to have guns on it. But I believe that's an EOS rides attraction. I could be wrong. Um, Regardless, you're interested in that dark ride, aren't you? It's a weird dark ride. 
and I'm sure this one was equally weird. Probably better shape than that one. Yeah, I can't remember if I filmed her or not, so um, wait and see until I when I post it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love their website. They're like, their website for Helen Dorn is like, Wednesday, today, unfortunately closed. It's like so nice. <laughs> Um, so then, uh, comes up with the, uh, the, the thing I've been building up to for the last, I don't know, 35 years of my life, the big 1000, 1000th credit. And, uh, I didn't know what it was going to be, um, because I wasn't going to try to figure that out with all the changes or additions or whatever that could happen in the first 12 days of this trip. Uh, but a few days beforehand, I realized, uh, oh, I have to rework the day, but I can make it. Actually, I had to rework the day the night before. I had, could make it the Warburg and ride uh, Rathalbun. That sound good pronunciation? It's probably terrible. Rodelbahn, maybe? Yeah. Sure, yeah. whatever it is. All right. it's, I know. If anyone is listening from these countries, I'm so sorry. I, I apologize. But um, this is built in-house by the park in 1930. And one can say it is the oldest steel coaster operating in the world. Um there's a little contention there because there's a scenic railway that's placed on concrete, but that kind of feels like it's more of a traditional wood coaster. Just they use a different manufacturing process, you know, a you know, building process. I, I, I don't know, right? Um, I know it's like, a concrete coaster. That's my attitude. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But this is definitely the oldest steel, all steel roller coaster supports and everything. Um, so unfortunately, you cannot ride alone in the one car. So I had to go with another family and get my stupid nerd sign done. And then the woman next to me is just like, what the what the fuck is this? And then I, they knew some English, and I was like, yes, my 1,000th coaster. They're like, oh, okay. Like, 1,000th different coaster. Oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, my God, they don't give a fuck whatsoever. This is such a letdown. <laughs> like, I was so hoping that they'd, like, be a little bit excited for me. But no. So, wah, wah. I mean, still, I, I wasn't expecting it to be like, oh, my God, this is the best moment of my entire life. I've ridden a 1,000 coasters. <laughs> but um, it was cool. It was cool. Um, you know, and it just kept on going on from there. It's not like I was in a stop or anything. That'd be stupid. Um, as far as the coaster goes, I, it's it's kind of it kind of felt like. I mean, I think the closest thing you can compare it to is like a Hershen, like Little Dipper with the flat turns. Kind of felt like that, but a little bit more wild. And the seats were like full size seats. Um, really, really weird. I definitely want to return here again and. Uh, get a proper POV since I was in the back seat and uh, share this one with Ariel someday, sometime. And then uh, also uh, I rode my first uh, Nautic Jet, which I had, had no idea this park had, um, which was cool. That is a freaky ass ride. It just doesn't feel right to just go flying down the ride. So if anyone doesn't know, a Nautic Jet is like a butterfly built by Sunkid 
and it lifts you back up a, uh, a incline, just like a butterfly. But instead of going back and forth like a teeter-totter on a butterfly, it catapults you through the air, and the vehicle you're in floats, and it splashes down into either a natural body of water like this one or a concrete body of water like some others and uh quite terrifying and some of them have weight limits posted that i was afraid to exceed because especially after i went to the ghetto park and saw that uh they um they had two of them and i tried to ride it and the guy's like no 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 too too heavy too heavy and then i go by later on and one of the cables had snapped and it looks like it's just literally just a rope that you would look like on a sailboat line it doesn't even look like it's a steel steel uh cable so i think it's meant to break um if it is too heavy that that wouldn't be surprised me if, it, if someone's too heavy for it to break um as a safety precaution because if you have too much weight that could cause some problems with the whole how much you fly and uh how how you know hard you crash but uh you've been on some of these things right i have i have yeah the nautic the nautic jets are fun um yeah they're they feel ridiculous yeah oh yeah but, i mean there's something like flying through the air on a ride you know like literally flying through the air but you're somewhat tethered um, unlike the thing that might be built at Cedar <coughs> up in your mm -hmm. your home state that hopefully opens next year, where you yeah, got... just fly through the air with nothing attached to you. Right, right. There's there's a rope, but the rope is not there to like do anything other than drag you back. Yeah. So that the ride can be reset. That's the only reason it's there. Um... But without that rope, it's like another layer of terror. That like you're literally flying with absolutely nothing attached to for the model that uh cedar valley imported so yes yes no i'm they're fun rides um i kind of wish that there was more of that kind of stuff here but i know that the issue becomes a liability one so yeah these are can... self-operated and i mean even if it was was do you think there'd be do you think a butterfly could operate here if, like, they had someone manning it at all times? But then you'd have to pay that money. Right, exactly. Like, the whole... Oddly, the whole It only works because they're cheap and because you don't need to staff it. Yeah, oddly and, enough, Skyline had a staffer for the butterfly. Okay. All right. But the Nautic Jack didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... But that's that's enough. That was cool. It was a cool coaster to make my 1,000th. Uh, I think many 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 people bleh, many people could agree. Um, so, and uh, then went to the Wildlands Zoo um, in Emmen. And uh, this place has apparently just been moved and rebuilt completely. So it's it's an old zoo, but it's a new zoo at the same time. Um, its roots go far back, but its current location is quite new. And it is themed absolutely wonderfully. Um, man, I feel like they went to Disney, Animal Kingdom, and then they said, we want that, and they hired someone to build that um, as far as some of the themed areas. I mean, it's not as immersive, but what's there is as detailed as Disney. Um, you're, you're not like surrounded by it everywhere. 
Um, some really cool animal interactions. You go through like these double gates at one point, and then you're just they're they're they're, they're meerkats all around you. And like, I mean, you could pet one if you wanted to. It was so adorable. There was a there was one right in front of me, and they're so cute. <laughs> oh my god. Um, just really really cool. Um, reason to come here. Um, with Twistled? I, I, I don't know how to pronounce that one. I'm not going to... Whatever. Uh, it's a dual Vakuma Junior Boomerang. Um, I'll say it once, I'll say it again. These Junior, junior Boomerangs got to come to the United States. These things are fun, uh, as far as a family attraction goes. Um, it's a shame that none of them built in America. And this, what, the first one was built in Europe, what, 10 years ago at least? Um I don't get why they haven't been built. Um, and this one's really cool because there are two of them right next to each other. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm so glad I didn't get distracted by much other than the meerkats. And because uh, I was walking up the entrance for the first ride and the woman had would just close the gate for one of the sides. I run to the side that was open and say, can I please ride the other side? Can I please walk over the other side, please? They're like, yes, this one time. I'm like, they already closed. Oh, my God. I was so lucky. If I hadn't gotten both sides, I would have just been like, oh, my God. This just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, it was fun to do. Um, it was way funner to when they ran both together. Uh, they dueled and raced and, you know, go backwards and forwards. Some really cool theming along the course, in the line, uh, as this entire uh, zoo, amusement park, I don't know what you want to call it, amazing, amazing place. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then uh, I rode the other side a bunch of times. Uh, not as fun when the other one wasn't going, but still, still a blast. Um, really cool park. Uh, they have a boat, indoor boat ride that goes through their their one indoor place. Um, it, it's weird that there's an outdoor place and indoor place that the elephants can go. They can go in and outside of that building, which is really cool. There are some simulators and some other stuff. I didn't have a chance to do any of that stuff, unfortunately, but I had a really good time. Um, and it was one of the few places that had a after such and such time rate. So it was only 15 euros. So that was nice. Opposed to, I think, full price was above 30 euros. So that was very nice to finally come across that. Um, Wallaby Holland. Uh, I'm not going to put this in the highlights because the park itself, not great. And also way smaller than I ever anticipated. I mean, it, it only takes like at most eight minutes to walk from the front to the back. And that's probably being generous. Um, but I would say as far as their, their key roller coasters these this park had the the best three top coasters of any park i went to um and then there was two other coasters that were fantastic as well um obviously everybody wants to hear about the rmc right yeah so, yeah yeah untamed this is the former robin hood which you got to ride yeah. um and this is a fantastic rmc is it better than seal vengeance because everyone wants to know that right away no is it uh, one of my favorites? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly where, but top five of the 12 I've been on, 
Um, it's really good. Uh, it does a lot of interesting stuff. You, just when you think RMC can't figure out, you know, just is run out of ideas and uh, can't figure out something new to surprise you, they, they, they pulled it off again. Uh, this thing starts with a really steep drop and a little bunny hop, kind of like Steel Vengeance. Uh, so they're kind of uh, following that playbook. Uh, but then it does a 270-degree um, counterclockwise heart line into a wave turn and then a 270-degree clockwise heart line to roll out of the wave turn. So it like combines two of my favorite elements, and that is fantastic. Really, really snappy airtime all over the place, just like any other RMC. Um, comfortable airtime, not um, hurt you air ejector airtime. Very comfortable, but um, nowhere near floater. It's all ejector. Um, just a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, inversions on this thing. They say it has five. It has an overbank that, man, it's it's. I feel like it's like almost banked at the angle. Like it doesn't feel like it was banked more than Millennium Force practically, but uh, whatever, doesn't matter. It's still awesome. Um, it has a the final one of the final elements is a heartline roll, um, that is executed very slowly. Um. I mean, kind of think like how B&M does some of their heart lines um, on their wing coasters. But the thing about this one that was really cool is it's on a slight incline, but when you are upside down, I swear to God, I could. it, it felt so close to the ground that I felt like I could slap the grass. It was absolutely fantastic to get a literally a ground head chopper. Like, it was incredible. And then you come out of it, and spoiler, if you don't want to know this one, because I didn't and I loved it. Uh, so skip ahead 20 seconds if you don't want to hear this little spoiler. Um, it does a little straight section where it does nothing, and then it's, all of a sudden it just gives a nice slam of ejector airtime, which I like. Not a lot of RMCs uh, have any point where they build up any anticipation in their elements, and this is one of the times, one of the few times where I can think of it them actually doing that. And I rode the first time in the back seat, so I didn't even see it coming. It was fantastic. Uh, theming, wonderful. The, the station looks really cool. Um, the queue line looks even cooler. Um, I went in there because uh, I used the Speedy Pass, or whatever the hell they call it, which was basically um, uh, low queue, but on your phone. Operated the same way that the Six Flags do. And um, so I had a lot of time between rides to take photos from inside the queue and all that stuff and take my time. And the queue actually has like like just these like pieces of old track just buried vertically in the ground, or uh, they built a little section of the old wood coaster track, or you know took it from the old coaster and placed one of the trains on top of it, so you're actually like passing underneath it. So that looked really cool. Um, um, it was weird. It's, it's it's not even a paved queue line. It's all like gravel, like a la Knobles to make it feel like very woodsy uh that's that's the whole theme they were going for the the area uh kind of like woodsy like untamed like you know craziness wild wild overgrowed overgrowth um it was it was neat it was fun coaster 
Uh, trains look really cool. They're like uh, mirrored, so like it's like broken mirrors kind of looking um, on the sides. So that looks really cool. Um, but we need to move on to the next one. <laughs> and, uh, Goliath, uh, Intamin Mega Coaster. You know, one of the, the the kind of few that were built in the early 2000s and late 90s. There weren't many. Um, but they're all very good. Um, Goliath, I was very looking interested to, even before the uh, the two most recent coasters were built. Um, it's not quite a hyper, um, but I mean, for all practical purposes, it feels like hyper. So label whatever you want. Um, but fantastic layout with great airtime. It warmed up as the day went on, got better and better. Um, a little issue with restraints on this ride, like one train, like literally almost one third of the train was broke. So I feel like they've like decided to just like move all the operating stuff all clustered together and just forget about the broken stuff on the back of the train, on one of the trains. So that was weird, right? Uh, you, yeah. you complained about that a little bit, didn't you? With the Wallabies? That they had, like, subpar maintenance? Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. kind of my, that was my general kind of feeling about it. But don't, um, like, the parks look, like, they look fine, though, the parks, in my opinion. Didn't look like they were in very much disrepair, just some of the um, operational things. They're very, I would say that Walibi Belgium was nicer when it was Six Flags. And I know, like, people will be like, oh, that's terrible to say, but Six Flags Belgium was actually really great. Um, and it didn't have, like, some of the, the patches where there's, like, dirt instead of grass. Like, especially around um, Loop Guru, you'll see that they have, like, a stage set up, and it, you know, it, it looks kind of cheap in some places, whereas I think it looked nicer when it was Six Flags. Um, Are you talking about the field I, right in front of Loop Guru? Yeah, yeah. It was just grass when I was there, and everyone was just laying down on it. Yeah, I, I, to me, like, and, like, stuff like the train track still being there, even though there's no train. Yeah, that was a um, bit. Anyway. There's a few things like that. Like, I can't speak for Holland because I haven't been there. I know that they've invested some money, though, between that, you know, the RMC that they just got uh, out of Robin Hood and the coaster I'm sure you're going to speak about in just a moment or two. Yeah, um, but no, I I thought they were fine operational-wise. I, uh, again, the problem with this park was it was really hot. This was the hottest day I had, and it seemed like the queues had little to no shade. So, like, that would have been a terrible day. But um, I didn't have to worry about that, fortunately. Um, because by the time I got to my next ride, typically my, my wait time was ready or I was just taking photographs. It worked out wonderfully. Um, but Goliath, uh, wonderful layout. You know what? It, it, it's weird what it felt like. Uh, now you have to add in the single dive, which is fantastic. But beyond that, it kind of felt like a smaller ride of steel at Six Flags America or Daring Lake with all the boring stuff taken out and, you know, made a little bit smaller. As far as the layout go, goes, it felt very, very similar to that, um, which 
you know what that uh, that's what i've always like every time i ride one of those rides it was just like wow this could be so much better if they you know got rid of this, some of the boring stuff especially at six Flags america um but yeah fantastic immense intamin from then um better than all the ride of steels probably better than millennium force yeah it was fantastic <laughs> um now, uh, the ride I was very much looking forward to is Lost Gravity. And it did not disappoint whatsoever. This is such a wacky ride. It's called the Big Dipper model for Mach. It runs like wild mouse cars. Um, but four of the seats, like, hang out off the side of the wild mouse car. And are floorless, winged, like Skyrush. But without painful restraints and lots of shakiness. Um, yeah, I mean, it starts with this ridiculous uh first drop that's like a nine near 90 degree twisting wing over drop thing it, it it's it's fantastic nice pop-up airtime over a little speed hill then a wacky like top hat thing it just goes on from there like more airtime hill a really weird outside like slow outside or like a slightly banked outside turn, like a slow turn, like a old school wood coaster turn, which is really odd and weird, but gave a really cool view of the rest of the park as you went around it. Uh, then into a like, a like a, it almost reminded me of Viper's first inversion, um, how you kind of twist and dive slowly. Um, then into a zero gravity roll, which as you go over it, right underneath of you, a burst of water shoots up at you, like really loudly. And like every time it passed over, if when I was just taking pictures, people would just be walking by in this loud burst of compressed air, pushing up some water, would scare the heck out of people. It was fantastic. Uh, this theming of this ride is just wacky as all hell. I mean, it seemed to like lost gravity. There's like, like the cube line, I never got to see the full cue line, so I can't comment on that. But I know it goes through like weird stuff. Like the 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 express line pass went through a bus, like a school bus, which like when I was waiting for one of my uh, express passes to go, I just decided to sit in the uh, the driver's pass, the driver's seat, and just like hang out there for a minute. Uh, and uh, man, they're fantastic. I I would love to see more of these. Uh, Worldwide and America, especially, man, that would be absolutely fantastic. They're very compact rides, and uh, I could think of so many rides like Dorney Park. Oh my God, if they built one of these at Dorney, I'd be so ecstatic. Um, but they're probably very expensive, so I, I don't think that's ever going to happen. But uh, better than Copperhead Strike, if you want to talk about a mock that was open this year, I liked it more than Copperhead Strike easily. Um, so yeah, that's a thumbs up on that one. Uh, quick two ones to talk about. I want to talk about their boomerang, speed of sound, awesome, vest only with an awesome soundtrack done by I'm a Score. Fantastic. You add sound, a soundtrack to any coaster, and immediately I'm going to love it um, a little bit more. And it was no different here. I mean, I'm a, I've always been a fan of Rip Ride Rocket, mainly because of the sound. If Rip Ride Rocket didn't have the soundtrack, I would probably not like it. I know I wouldn't like it as much. Um but so that was cool uh express platform 13 uh used to be superman the ride uh this is basically the same layout as the rock and roller coasters at the disney parks um the queue line was absolutely fantastic i had no idea 
that this queue line was themed out the way it was. It was like a, it was, it, it felt like a cross between a uh, haunt maze and like with the creepiness of it, and also a, like a funhouse elements thrown in there. Um, it was just absolutely fantastic, and it's really weird. You um, you enter into this park through the gift shop. It's a huge building, the gift shop. I think some a restaurant or a coffee coffee bar or whatever. Um, and so this actually is before the rope drop. So this opens up a half an hour before the park opens. So definitely get to this park early for that because I was able to get two rides on it before the park even opened. My only two rides actually. Um, uh, as far as the ride goes. It's okay. It makes you realize that that layout is a bunch of helixes, basically. Um, and uh, it's nowhere near as intense as the Flight of Fears, the Spaghetti Premier Bowls. Um, but still a fun ride. And then at the end, as you're on the brake run, it actually has a subway car that like kind of like comes out at you and almost like to make it look like it crashes at you. Like this big like and like full scale subway car like side of a facade so that was really cool um yeah that was one of the surprises of the trip because i just had no idea it had that much theming i thought you know a rethink of it they just slapped something together but no they actually spent some really good time and money and thought on the theme and the story um of it so that was Wallaby Holland. Also, their oh, last thing was their their madhouse was probably my my most favorite madhouse of the trip. Um, it was themed to Merlin, and it was really cool. Um, didn't really know what was going on, but the effects wise, they had a lot of really cool stuff to set it apart from the others. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in inside of the actual chamber, so that was really cool. It was probably the most junk, the most amount of junk inside of the actual you know rod section than any other that I've ever seen. So that was phenomenal. Um, so moving on to, where are we going? Uh, next day listed here was Hansa. That's not, let me talk about that one. We're going to talk about Hyda Park. Um, it's a park. Hyda Park almost hit the disappointment list, <laughs> but not quite there. Um Hyda Park is weird. Um, I had a bum day there because I it was you know it was probably a seven and eight hour day, but I lost like at least three hours due to a lightning storm that was just close enough to the edge of the park to shut everything down, but we never saw a drop of rain. Um, those are the most frustrating ones, but I didn't have a lot of weather issues this entire trip, so I can't complain too much. Um, I got all the credits, can't complain about that either. I just would have liked to have ridden some stuff more and gotten some more raids out rides on some stuff. Let's talk about some of the highlights here. First of all, let's talk about the transportation rides. There are so many freaking transportation rides, and I did them all, unfortunately, because if I had known this rain had come, I probably wouldn't have done them all. Uh, I pretty much got done my last transportation ride just as the entire park shut down. For the first time. <laughs> um, oh, well. Uh, you know, things happen. I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, there's like two monorails, multiple boat rides. Um, there's a How to Theme Your Dragon boat ride that I was about to get on, but that ride shut down just as the rain started. Or the, the storm started. Um, the, the park itself just... I don't know. It's a nice looking park, but it just, it felt very bland. Um, 
it was hard to put my finger on what why I was so unimpressed by this place. Again, I didn't hate it. I just didn't really love it. Um, they have a Ghostbuster rides. Uh, Ghostbuster ride. Um, if I were to guess, it's Oceaneering in Sally because uh, the vehicles felt very, and the ride system felt very, very, very similar to Ghost or um, Justice League. If you'll be my fact checker on that one, please. Um, yeah, you go. Uh, they, the the pre-show is all German people, so it's it's not any of the original actors like dubbed over or anything like that. Um, I'm not really sure the overall theme, other than you're busting ghosts and you're shooting a lot of ghosts, and you ha you you have a proton pack uh, or a proton gun and all that stuff, and you're shooting ghosts. I mean, it felt, as I said, it, it, as far as gameplay goes, it felt like Justice League, but with um, you know the Ghostbusters, which I prefer over the Justice League, anyway. So it was fantastic. I did this, I think, like three times. Um, absolutely loved it. The vehicles are like like um shrunken down ecto ones uh they look like them they're just not as long um as the actual ecto one but yeah uh really weird that this park has that um but I love amusement it. today says it's a trio tech proud tech really huh. yeah okay i can see that as well because it would also kind of i mean Voyage Iron Reef and that, 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 I mean, it kind of feels somewhat similar as far as the gameplay goes to the Justice League. Um, cool attraction, definitely a cool attraction. Um, now let's just get to the coasters. Um, Bobon is the world's long, longest bobsled. Has two lift hills, runs God knows how many trains, I think like five or something. It was running four that day. Um, a really fun ride, a really good bobsled. Uh, still not the intensity that Avalanche has, but it was not as boring as uh, what I'll talk about later on in the trip. And uh, yeah, it was fun. It was neat. Um, their Mac powered coaster was cool. It went through the same portion. Uh, it went through a dark ride portion of how you change your dragon, so it kind of uh, coexisted with that. Um, Big Loop is a Vacoma double loop and double corkscrew with really good placement over the midways. Um, it was kind of, it was cool. Think of, uh, this is like the equivalent of Cedar Point's corkscrew, basically, how they placed it in the park. Um, Desert Race is an Intamin hydraulic launch coaster. Same layout as Rita at Alton Towers, but I have not done that, so this is my first experience on this. Only got one ride on this, unfortunately, but I enjoyed it. It was really short. Airtime was okay. Theme was minimal. It was okay. Of the now five hydraulic launch coasters from Intamin, easily my least favorite. Um, Crake is their B&M dive coaster. That consists of a drop a Immelman, an airtime hill, and a brake run. So slightly longer than Oblivion. Um, you drop into this creature, you drop, uh, you drop underwater on their lake into a creature's mouth, which looks fantastic. 
has a water splash at the bottom of the first drop, which is also looks fantastic. Um, it's just so damn short. Um, I, I didn't decide to do another ride on it. Um, I tried to get a second ride on it, but failed. But um, eh, it was okay. It was okay. Um, kind of felt budgety for a dive coaster, definitely. Colossus. This is one of four Intamin prefab coasters, which people probably wanted to hear about first. Um, I'm going to be very harsh on this coaster. Let me start with that. Um, sorry, but not sorry. Uh, it's hard to not compare this thing to El Toro since I've ridden that so many times. So I did that. And um, it's a good coaster. Only got to ride it twice, front and back. And um, the theming they added this year, since they had to replace the entire track, I had no idea exactly what happened to it, other than I assume it rotted out. Um, well, that's a big undertaking for them. Unfortunately, well, Merlin at the time decided to uh, do that. Uh, they added some really cool theming towards the end of the ride, kind of like what they did with Wicker Man. It's very comparable to Wicker Man with the theme and all that, the general theme, the feel of the theme. But the theme's pretty minimal. The station looks cool, but that's that's all there is to it, really, other than the, 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 the dude that you cross underneath. But it's kind of cool because as you cross underneath it, there's a piece of fake track above you to make you feel like you're going on that track instead of uh, the actual track you're going to. So that's a really cool fake-out moment. Really done, actually, way better than I ever expected. Even though I knew it was there, it, it still kind of a little bit got me. It didn't really get me, but it, it confused me. We'll, we'll go with that. Um, airtime. Nowhere near as strong as um, El Toro, the day I rode. Um, still good, very good. Uh, especially probably very good for when it was built. Um, again, it's another coaster. It feels like it was a really good coaster for when it was built. But... We've come a long time in nearly 20 years, unfortunately. Well, or fortunately. Um, unfortunately for some rides. Um, the turnaround, kind of like El Toro's, but not banked. It's not a 90-degree bank as you go into it, so not as exciting. Um, the helix. The helix that's inside the turnaround, the, the, the turnaround of the lift hill. This has got to be the most boring helix I've ever done in my entire life. Um, and there have been some slow, old-ass wood coaster helixes that have been slow, really boring, but usually they're, like, jostly all around, so at least there's that. This was just smooth, forceless, and pointless. Um, then uh, the rest of the airtime humps were pretty good. The last turn uh, before the uh, final run to the brake run, not 90 degrees. It was, you know, somewhere probably between 60, probably around 60 degrees. Uh, it was okay. Not that forceful. I get that it's a good coaster. It's just not as good as El Toro or even, and nowhere near as good as Voyage. Um, but it's still a hell of a coaster. Um, so I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's nowhere near the league of El Toro. So. Um, my favorite coaster was the surprise of surprise me the surprise the hell out of me. Blur der Dermern. Dermin? Flood of the Demon. That's the American name of it. 
or the English name of it. Uh, the B&M Wing Coaster, this thing was fantastic. This took over the area formerly occupied by a log flume, which uh, since I had three hours of downtime, I had plenty of time to spot all the places where they had left portions of this log flume. Like the, literally the lift hill just goes down into nowhere. Uh, it goes into like literally a, a, a tunnel and then stops. Um, but uh, this coaster is fantastic. The trains look absolutely fantastic. Really, some of the coolest looking trains ever. Easily the best wing coaster trains I've ever seen. Uh, the, the coaster itself, just really fun elements, some nice intensity to them. Um, fun on both sides, rode this four times, I think. Yeah, four times. Uh, absolutely loved it. Um, do I like it more than Thunderbird? Probably not because I really like Thunderbird, Thunderbird but it's easily the second favorite uh, wing coaster I've done. Um, yeah, it was really good. And that surprised me since, you know, wing toasters are fun, but they're usually not like blow you away fun. Next day I went to, oh God, Fritzen Park Plum. Um, this is very far south of Hyda Park. It's, it's, it was a few, quite a few hours. Um, I went here for two reasons. Um, well, three. There's six credits, so that's a hell of a reason. Um, second reason, a wood coaster, El Toro, built by GCI, which is very confusing considering where I was the day before. <laughs> um, but uh, this is a fantastic GCI. It uses the train very well. It interacts with the log flume that they have very well. Um, I, man, I don't think there's a single crossover on this thing. But at the same time, it felt just as twisted as any other GCI I've ever been on. Um, just very, very snappy, very good airtime. Just fantastic, very fantastic. Um, the, the, I got, I caught some like ride ops who were the, I think they were doing a bathroom break for the, the, the main guy who I saw at the beginning of the day and they didn't give two Fs about anything. So they were like literally just like dispatching the train without even checking or lowering any lap bars, which is a little shady, but at the same time I got a bunch of rides really quickly. Uh, I, I think I got like 12 rides on this thing, which was fantastic considering how much I loved it. It was one of my favorite wood coasters in that I did on the trip easily. Um, yeah, definitely worth the trip for this wood coaster. Um, the second thing, uh, the other mock Big Dipper, which was uh, is only one of two, unfortunately, Dynamite. Uh, not nearly as interesting as a uh, layout as um, Lost Gravity. Um, I thought it was kind of gonna be a dud when I saw the layout over the winter, but it ended up being really, really good really enjoyed it really cool theming um i think it reused portions of the silver mine theming which was the flitzer that had come from Helendorn. um and i'm pretty sure they retired the coaster completely because one of the coaster cars was in the queue for dynamite um really cool themed um trains that they were like crates with actual real rope on them and everything it was really cool um has a wing over Kind of first drop deal, um, good airtime, a vertical loop, a 
inline twist, all snappy elements, all fantastic. Um, uh, Miniwa, which was their Mac power coaster. Alan. Yeah. Okay. It was mostly to see if you were still there and also to get your attention. Um, this is a I'm going to get the pictures coaster. of Miniwa right now. So. This thing is fantastic. This was my biggest surprise of this park, easily. I had no idea that this was indoors. I had no idea it had theming, like it did. And uh, on, I did this twice, and my second time I noticed that there was an area where you could look out into the theming, and I could not for the hell of me figure out where the heck to find this. I went through all over, because this building also houses the, the, the log flume, it houses a the same building housed um, a a little mini uh, bumper car ride that's been like abandoned, and a restaurant. I kept on going through the restaurant. I went through the restaurant and ended up in restricted areas by mistake. I, I I went all around the building twice, and then I finally saw one little door that was completely unmarked, and I walked in there and I was like, oh, there it is, finally. Uh, so you could watch the coaster go through a half of the theme portion uh, of the building itself. That's really weird. The first time they go through it, they, they want to make sure you see the scenery. Because you do three laps, but the first time you go at a crawl, like a snail's pace, I'm like, well, this is a really boring power coaster. What the heck? And then the next two times, they just put it into full gear, and you go through it at the normal speed that you should of a power coaster. Fantastic theming. Uh, it it kind of reminded me, um, I don't know, it reminded me a little bit of like uh, Timber Mountain Log Ride, the theme, kind of, a little bit. Um, yeah. Gave me those vibes. We'll go with that. Um, this park also had like a dinosaur towboat ride. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to do that looked cool. Uh, it was a cute little park um, that... Uh, Seems to be growing. Uh, they had a, like a, a rapids ride in the front of the park. It, it was a cool park. But that's about all we need to talk about with that one. All right. What was next? Holiday Park in Germany. This is the second park of the day. Um, and uh, highlights here are their new coaster, which is identical to the Plopsa Indoor Parks. This is owned by the Plopsa, same Plopsa chain of parks. And uh, so the indoor portion was very similar to the indoor parks, but smaller, and it, the coaster was identical to the other ones. This is Zero Force 2. Sky Scream, a premier Skyrocket 2. You know what that is? Uh, well, okay, if you're under a rock, you don't know. But um, same thing as Tempesto or Tigris or Phobia or such so forth and so on um really cool theming theme to like horror basically so uh, i hear that sometimes there's like scare actors in the uh, queue line uh today not so much that was fun um that's about all they need to talk about oh the dark ride the fucked up dark ride it's got titties <laughs> that is a fucked up dark ride it's about like as far as i could get from this dark ride it was about torture <laughs> the theme was like torture that's all i could get from that alan you've been on it what would you say it was about <laughs> yeah it sounds about right i mean it's a haunted house in in europe and like 
Torture and murder is, is a pretty consistent but sort of This situation. was the most gruesome one I saw, though. Like, this was really gruesome. Um, it was really good. And, uh, again, uh, I only wrote it because I wanted to check out the entire park, the film, everything. And, uh, fortunately, I came across it. And uh, this is one of the ones, if I hadn't mentioned it, you probably would have yelled at me. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, this is a park that has, um, it had some above-average stuff. I think they got rid of a lot of the theming on their drop tower. Um, uh, yes, I think so. I didn't do it. Because um, it used to have, sake. at one point, it had like multiple pre-shows and screens at the top. Yeah, um, I have no idea. Um, if I had known that, I would have given it a try to let you know, but I didn't know that. So I, I had heard Oops. that that was all like eliminated a while ago, and... And that kind of falls in line with some of the other parks that had that, like Mirabalandia, no, not Mirabalandia, Gardaland had that as well. Um, but, you know, the dark ride there is definitely I'm surprised it's still there. With, with, yeah, with yeah there's, a lot, of, pop, there's so. a lot of really weird stuff at that park. Um, it's, it's a small park, I mean. Oh, it's very small. You do not need more than three hours here, and that's generous. I um, think that... I remember that the, when we went there, a lot of people were saying afterwards, like, if they can build an intimate hypercoaster, why not Knobles? And, which, you know, was led by certain people, who you can probably guess who they were, um, that may or may not have been financially compensated by Intamin for their footage. But nonetheless, um, some truth <laughs> to that, I guess. It's it's a fun it's a fun park. I like it. But I think I think you're right about 3-4 hours is about all you need there. Yeah, I don't think I had more than 2 hours, 2 and a half hours there if I already if I remember correctly. Um yeah, the reason everyone goes here is for Expedition G-Force, the Intamin Mega Coaster. 180 feet I think it is. Um I feel like everyone knows about this coaster, right? But uh we'll go through it. Um, it starts with an amazing first drop. It's basically 90 degrees. Oh, it's 82 degrees. But it does a 90 degree twist on the way down. Um, some people on the internet said it was a front seat ride. Only. I, I completely disagree with that. I believe it's back is where it's at. Um, yeah, I would go with back seat as well. Somebody um, semi-famous on YouTube said it was totally front seat, so I disagree with that fully. Um, I mean, it's 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 it, it's like Millennium Force if it had way better airtime. So, uh, you yeah, know I what? Mean, I didn't I didn't get into the the, the analyzing of this and Goliath. You know, which is kind of the easy thing to do because they're both intimate hypers from the same time frame. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think everybody agrees that Expedition G-Force is a better ride than Oh, Goliath. yeah. And um, Millennium Force. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Like, Millennium Force has, like... My wife was telling me after we wrote this last weekend, she's like, you know, it really is just kind of like three hills, isn't it? I was like, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It's a speed ride. But, you know, I, I like it a it's lot. It's a fantastic ride. Um, but there are better rides out there. And at the same time, there are better rides that have been built since then. I, I, I said it on Twitter. I think it's a very good ride that was built in 2001. Yeah. I don't think it's the best coaster in the world. 
by far. It was not. It wasn't even my number one at the time. I think that so Intamin does these S curves, and I love it's, those. It's really like a, a bigger issue on Goliath because on Goliath they don't do anything. I mean, they're like a cool visual element, but they don't actually have any airtime or. It, it actually it warmed up and did something by the end of my day, but it wasn't amazing airtime. But it was it, the Supermans do it better. Yeah, the I mean, absolutely, like Superman New England to me, even after I wrote Expedition G Force, was still the better ride. Um, you know, and I, I think it's obviously it's been a while since I've been to Holiday Park, but it's not as though I do, I forgot that ride. I wrote it a ton. And yeah, I had a, I had a lot of time to think about uh, comparing the two back then. Look, I, it doesn't compare to the RMCs right now. No. And, and you know, I've been on 11 RMCs, so it's going to... If I did a, a combined top 10, it would automatically be below all of them. Um, and I like it. It's a, it's a good ride. The first drop on that ride is definitely the best that Intamin did in the hyper category. Um, uh, try to think. There's only a couple pacing things I don't like about it as much as, as Superman. I think it's it mostly comes down to the S-curves because they do, like, the change of direction is not bad. There's some lateral force to it, but there's not really any airtime that goes with it, which at this point you almost expect with a ride like anything from RMC. And honestly, like, even if I think about BNM, I think about like a, a ride like Fury or Goliath, uh, the Laurent Goliath, and they kind of even do that like shifting change of direction airtime now as well, um, in a way that this ride doesn't really do. Like that ride was really about linear airtime, with the exception of the first drop, and you know it had good good positive g-force because of the the turns and um it ends pretty hot it's a good ride i I don't want anyone to sit there and say like i don't think it's good but it's like like i said it was a great ride for 2001 easily a top five attraction at that time i think even now it's probably still a top 25 but but there's so many good rides i i imagine lost gravity would probably be you know, at least competitive, just knowing what it looks like and all the rest of it. There's a lot of rides where, you know, it would be surprising, but I'd probably put it ahead of Expedition G-Force. We haven't talked about it yet, because it'll be on the next podcast, but, like, Caracho is a ride I really love. And I'd probably have it ahead of this. Um, there's, a, there's a few, like, of the Gerslauer brand that I think would be appealing. I'm kind of expecting... Uh, do we know yet if the Takabisha clone going into Nickelodeon Universe is going to have lap bars or OTSRs? OTSRs. Too bad. Um, I believe they said they said in an interview that since they have the mechanisms for both the chain lift and the um, the you know the the magnets for the the the, the launch that they were unable to put the locking mechanisms on the floor. Okay, well, which I you know, hopefully think might make sense, but regardless, it's that's what. Yeah, hopefully the vibration's not that bad. I I could see that ride being ahead of it. Um, 
I, I shouldn't even get to like the whole discussion of like what I would have ahead of Expedition G-Force, but suffice <laughs> it to say, like there's a fair number of rides I think that are better than it now. And yeah, but you had to go ride it easily. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 an important steel coaster. It's definitely one of the most notable ones in the world. Um, and it's it's in that that chain of parks that basically exists in West Germany that extends you know, from about midway up the country all the way down to Europa, that's just nothing but good parks. So it's easy to get to. Yeah, um, that's why we're you're not hearing about a lot of German parks right now, because we're just on the highlights here. Yeah. So, um, moving on, Schwachemann Park. Um, this is located, like, between Legoland and Holiday Park, basically. Um, went here for one reason, one reason only. Wild Hildy. Uh, this is a roller bob Roller Bowl coaster built by Ride Engineers of Switzerland. Opened late last year. Uh, second one has now opened in southern France. That's a little bit bigger than this one. So what is a Roller Bowl? So, well, this was featured in RTC 3, I believe. And uh, Hershey almost built one. Um, but... The company, do you remember the company? What the company's name was that built the stuff on the stratosphere? I forget. I do not. Regardless, the, the, the company that was responsible for the teeter-totter and the other spinning ride on top of the stratosphere was going to build one of these things that was very similar to this for Hershey. And then this was during the time of the recession and uh, steel prices had shot up. And the park, the, 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 the company said to Hershey... Uh, we underbid you. How about we give you one less car so we actually don't lose money on this project? And Hershey said, how about no, and we'll sue you. <laughs> <laughs> and not and, and not buy from you. And that is what they did. But finally one of these was built. Um, really weird system. It's, uh, it's got a, um, like a tooth and gear type deal. The entire lift hill so it's it's on board motor to lift you up it's not a chain um so th th that's weird um it's, it's very slow it takes you a very long time to get up here oh and it has an awesome techno music done by i score that's um they use chicken noises for the um techno it, it it's amazing look it up on youtube or my video eventually it, it's amazing um, it's not very exciting, but it's a really cool ride, and I like cool, unique rides. So, um, yeah, just think of a, it, the best way to describe it is it felt like a very, very, very tame, um, Zaxfin. One that has no chance of ever going upside down. Uh, it's just a bunch of, imagine a wild mouse placed 90 degrees on its side. Uh, so you're dropping down the switchbacks. That's 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 what this thing is. It was cool, but um, you know, it was a neat little, cute little park in the middle of nowhere, Germany. It was fun. Um, it also had a, one of those powered bobsled coasters. I'd never had a chance to do one of those, um, and they were okay. Definitely not a credit. I know some people count them as such, but hell no. Um, what else did they have? Oh, they had a weird dark ride. I had no idea what it was. All I knew was it opened a little bit later in the day. So I decided, you know, again, my inner Alan said, you must ride every dark ride. 
that you see. <laughs> um, and I'm okay that I wrote this because it was the, 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 the last thing I was ever expecting from a ride. So it was a boat ride, like Pirates of the Caribbean. And you go into one big room, one big empty room with nothing but water, and it was a water fountain show with fire and water fountains and lights. Like, you know, world of color, but inside of a building on a very, 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 very small scale. Was never, that, just, I was just like, what, what, that was absolutely the last thing I was ever expecting. So, that, that was it. Uh, Legoland, Germany. Um, screwed up on the park hours here. Didn't realize that, uh, 1800 was when the park closed. Now, that 1700 was when the um, rides closed. And since I figured I had so much time, I squeezed the Alpine coaster in, in between them really quickly. That took me out of my way about half an hour. Um, so this is a very expensive two hours because Lego lands are not cheap. <laughs> uh, um, it has your standard lineup of coasters pretty much. Uh, your Wild Mouse... Your junior coaster, which was, it's identical to the one in California, but I have not done that one, so I got to do that layout and wait 45 minutes for it. Uh, then the dragon coaster, uh, this is going to be the same exact layout that's being built for New York, and I think it's the same one as some of the newer ones, probably ones that you've been on. Um, so there's that. It was really cool. It had, a you know, your standard... Dark ride section looked very similar to the other two, but a really cool drop underneath the dragon to the lift hill that caught me off guard. And a guy who uh, insisted he ride with me because he wanted to ride with his kids and not wait another train. And I am convinced he is who got me sick because he was right next to me and he was the only person <laughs> in the entire trip that was in that close to the vicinity to me that could have gotten me sick. So that's the highlight of that park i guess um yeah uh you have your standard sally dark ride uh i think identical to the other ones i've done which was fun uh, i had a log flume that i would have really liked to have done but the line was huge um uh had a sea life that i wasted time on shouldn't have done that a small sea life ex uh you know exhibit um it has a sky a gerstler sky roller um, which I would have loved to have done, but the line was insanely long, which surprised me for, you know, such an intense ride at a kitty park. I would have thought that would have been um, near walk-on, but nope. I guess that's the ride that all the uh, older siblings finally get to do when they're being dragged around by their younger kid, younger siblings, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and that has the robo-coaster thing, which I uh, always enjoy just being thrown around like a rag doll, so... And that's when I found out that that was the close of the park as I entered in. And then minutes later, there was a person at the end of the line to make sure no one hopped in the line. So, oops. Skyline Park, quick, quick, uh, talk about this one quickly. Very amusement park feeling, very holiday world feeling, considering there was a cornfield in the middle of the park, which is bizarre um this is a very weird park 
Um, it, it seems like it started like as one of those self-operated only type of parks, because that's what feels like the beginning of the park is. It's nothing but those self-operated rides, and then they added on and added more and more coasters, basically. Um, a couple of really unique stuff, too. Um, you know, as with those self-operated rides, Rode Another Butterfly, um, they have the Sky Dragster, which is one of uh, two attractions in the world right now, soon to be three with the one on the cruise ship. Um, it's a powered coaster that you kind of control yourself. Um, it's really weird how you control it. It, it is restricting you at some points. Um, also, the amount of technology on one of these individual cars is mind-boggling it is look they those cars look so incredibly complex with all the wires and and hoses and what's nots on that those coaster cars it is absolutely ridiculous also go here first because uh they always got there there was only one car going and it sits two people um first ride i rode i let the person uh i just wanted to get on it so um I rode in the seat that you didn't control it. And the second time I did control it and found out that at certain points it does totally break you. You're not in control of it the entire time. You have a throttle, which you can keep open the entire time. And then you have a boost button that like basically um, recharges after a certain interval. Uh, I figured that out really quickly, and then I used that to my advantage going over all the hills. So I was trying to try to get a little weightlessness out of some of the tops of the hills. Um, really interesting, weird ride. I wouldn't say it was good. I wouldn't say it was bad. It was interesting. Um, I, I feel like this is just a really small layout, and I'd be interested to do one that's at Miravandia, and that seems like it's a bigger one, and also two tracks, so very interesting, more interesting to have another car zooming around near you. And then, of course, the one that's going to be on top of the cruise ship, that's going to be phenomenal, but definitely a really weird ride. Um, they have a Sky Wheel or a Sky Loop. Moyer, a lot of parks, a lot of rides from Moyer Shun at this park um a sky loop which i absolutely love i love the sky loop i've only got i only got to do the x car once at magic springs and uh this thing is freaky as hell hell uh my second ride uh the guy i was i i i, I, w I wanted to see how much space i could get out of it well i got too much space out of it because it it scared the crap out of me hanging upside down with that much space on the lap bar it i, I mean i wasn't anywhere near like going to fall out but, but like it was terrifying uh an interesting thing they do in early portions of the day when the line isn't that long they send you around twice and then later on i was filming and i saw they were only going around once so they can switch that on the fly depending on the line which is really cool um yeah i love these sky loops i wish there was more in america especially one that wasn't in the middle of nowhere america um well, practically nowhere. Um, then uh, they have a Moyer Spinner, which was really smooth and extremely well operated with efficiency. It was incredible to see how many cars they were pushing out. Uh, seemed like it was uh, being, it seemed more impressive than Disney even. Um, 
Then you have a uh, Skorshkov Wildcat, which they restored and moved recently. And uh, same layout that Cedar Point had. Fantastic, as always. And then the most one of the most weird coasters there, the Car- Carpro? Is that how you pronounce that? Carpro? Carapro, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Suspended spinner. Now, there weren't that many Carapros at all. I, I, I was doing research while I was in line. Uh, I thought there were way more. There was only like, there was less than 10 built. Um, I thought there were way more. And this was the only one that was built with a spinning car. Um, think of, it, this. It, it reminds me a lot of a Wisdom Tornado, the cars. Um, and uh, you can totally spin yourself because the pillar in the middle is like a square pillar and you could totally spin it. Unfortunately, the girl across from me uh, was the most terrified child i've ever seen on a coaster that was not that <laughs> terrifying <laughs> so i and uh I, I waited a little bit into the line and then i realized that the the line was like sharing the exit and it was like people had to push their way down the line to get out and then eventually i was just like you know what this line is taking forever screw it i just went up to exit i asked the attendant single rider can you get me on or something somewhere some way to you know get my point across to the German people talking attendants. And they're like, now I'm like, yes, I'm on. <laughs> that saved me a lot of time. That saved me my next stop. If I hadn't done that, I would definitely not have gone to the next stop of the day. Uh, it was really cool. It was, I mean, it wasn't that amazing, but it was just a weird ride. Uh, definitely. Um, I wish they had built more of these. Definitely a lot more comfortable than the uh, the ball ball crusher of the the, the bat flyers. Um, uh, next up, I hit up a Alpine coaster. Which I do not have on my outline because I added it last minute. Um, shoot. Um, anyways, this coaster was eight thousand eight hundred and. Wait, 8,585 feet long. So, and that's the downhill portion because there was no lift hill actually. Um, it used a ski lift to lift the cars up and then place it back on the track, all automated by the way. Um, it would literally come to the end of the track at the end and then the ski lift would pick it up and then deposit it back on the track at the top. Um, and so the downhill portion was longer than Steel Dragon. So, I mean, I guess I've ridden the longest, that's the longest coaster in the world that I've ridden, I guess, right? I mean, <laughs> kind of a little uh, bit of a, how do you treat that, right? Um, if you count these Alpine coasters, then you have to say that's the longest coaster you've ridden, right? Um, yeah. This is Alpsy Bergwalt. Um, located, you know, Really, really southern Germany, um, close to the Austrian border. Um, it, you know, it took a while to do this. It probably took about a little over an hour to do the ski lift up, which was beautiful. Oh, my God. It, the views were absolutely gorgeous. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, I had a bunch of the cows with their giant cowbells, which is a lovely experience. They were hanging out inside of the first turn out of the station. There was just a bunch of cows, um, some that were getting it on. 
And uh, it, it was just a fantastic experience. And as far as the Alpine Coaster goes, no magnetic braking, none of that crap, all unrestricted. The guy saw it had a GoPro, and he's like, yeah, yeah, wait for a little while. We'll give you plenty of space, pretty much is what he said, I, I think. Uh, because I was able to uh, keep it open the entire time. And it, I mean, by the time I got down, my biceps were killing me because it was just turn after turn after turn. It had to be over 40 turns. It was ridiculous. It just went on forever. I never thought it was going to end. It was a fantastic experience. It was not that expensive to do. Um, I think it was, it was less than 20 euros. It was fantastic. Um, Moving on, um, Connie Land. One, two reasons to come here. Um, Cobra. I've already posted the POV. Uh, this is a PAX shuttle coaster. Uh, you've been on this, so we can discuss this a little bit. Um, I so this coaster is known for what it's called the Scorpion's Tail inversion, which basically at the end of the shuttle loop. Uh, the shuttle coaster, it does, it goes through, first of all, it does a vertical lift hill that's beyond vertical. It's like probably 100 degrees. And uh, this is more terrifying than any beyond vertical drop I've ever done because you're hanging there. This is way more terrifying than the Deja Vu, way more terrifying. Uh, again, especially since it's done by PAX, the Russian company. So you're questioning just everything about this coaster. And you're also questioning the fact that they're about to replace the trains next year. And, you know, are they making sure everything is, like, completely safe until the end? Who knows? It was just really terrifying. Uh, you do two uh, airtime hills that do absolutely nothing, um, especially on the way back. Then you do a vertical loop, and then you keep going. You keep rotating up, and then you basically go almost 100 completely upside down you're basically above the vertical loop upside down stalled and a little tire lift hill lifts you up a few feet and then you drop backwards down into the vertical loop and uh, do the whole thing over again uh, as far as this upside down stall goes i enjoyed mystic more um, um so that kind of killed the the hype that i had on this coaster a little bit but what scared, honestly, the reverse lift hill was what terrified me the most. I, and I was never expecting that ever. Um, how about, what, do you agree? That whole ride is insane. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, there's an airtime hill, there's a loop, the scorpion's tail. The, the way that the lift hill is, is kind of bent the wrong way. Um, that you kind of hang in the harness is just, it's a, it's a wild ride. I mean, the, I guess the idea was that they were, you know, it, it's called the Cobra and, you know, conceptually the idea was that it kind of resembles a snake. Sure. Uh, in yeah, a way that, of that like every single roller coaster anywhere, but yeah. But like, you know, very specifically like a Cobra going across the ground that just so happens to have like a huge loop in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I mean, it's not the smoothest ride in the world, and it's kind of slow coming back through the the airtime hill. Yeah, it's very slow. I didn't think it was rough. It it, it it's not a little like bit, rough. But... Yeah, I mean it's, but it's a fun ride and it's really different. 
Yeah, and I'm, I'm very interested. Lot. I'm very interested to see the uh, Sunkid uh, trains it gets, uh, and whether or not they're lap bar only. Yes, because that's what Sunkid does. They do lap bar only trains. If that thing is lap bar only, that is going to be terrifying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will return definitely. Um, and then there's the uh, the, the, the tree ride. Was it Mammut or whatever it was called? Yeah, I forget. Mammut yeah, tree. Yeah. Man, I thought it dropped. So it's like a ski lift. I'm, I'm sure it's done by a ski lift company, right? It has to be, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you board it at the top of the park. You, you go out. The, 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 it, it basically takes you all the way across the entire park. In the, 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 the turnaround, the bull wheel on the other side is in the parking lot right next to the scorpion tail. It takes you all the way out there, uh, and when it stops, it swings you pretty violently. I mean, if people are scared about the Skyliner swinging, swinging, you haven't ridden anything. <laughs> this thing uh, swings quite violently. And you go inside of this tree that you pass, for, pass through on the way out there, and I thought it, like, detached from, like, the cable and, like, did a drop or anything. It just, like, it, like, shakes you around and, like, Fire effects happen, and you know, foreign language are being played to you, and some story is happening, and it was weird. It was really weird. It's so great. I it's love so that thing. Good. Yeah, yeah. You went on the dark ride there. The little safari jeep things. Yeah, Dino <laughs> Attack or whatever it's called. <laughs> That park is just everything about that park. Nothing is is normal. Like yeah, that 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 Dino ride kind of reminded me a little bit of like Dino Jungle Boat ride or Jurassic Jungle Boat ride. Um, the the, the little mini log plume that's right below the, the the vertical lift hill of Cobra. That that's really cool. Um, they have a SNS drop tower, pretty well placed. Um. Then they have one of those teeny tiny Gershwallers that are the bane of every every credit whore's existence that are made for, like, what, a kid less than, like, four years old, basically? Yeah. So, or if you can fit. I don't think there was a height limit because there was some kid that was older that the, the op let him try to get on and kid couldn't do it. Op's like, nah, sorry, kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then there's, like, a dolphin show or something too like uh it, it's a crazy park Two also lines. yes also make sure that you have at least five um what is it uh swedish francs because the yes, parking, parking the parking uh kiosk does not take credit card so i basically had to thank god i wasn't like the last one out of the park because i just went around to people like here's five euros help me Help me. And there, there, were, there was somebody else there who was like, yeah, we always need euros, no problem. I think it benefited them anyways with the exchange, so whatever. I was, I, able, of... I, I was able to do something, like, I think I got money from an ATM. Okay. I can't remember if I got money from an ATM and then bought my tickets with it to get the five franc. Okay. Or if I somehow got a five franc piece by paying for parking, like, with the attendant at the ticket booth. Because they spoke English. Okay. Um. Well, I didn't know about that, and they, they, the, anyone from the park was long gone from the front of the park by the time I... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
that was like a terrifying moment for a second. I'm like, oh God, how am I going to get out of here? So <laughs> just be aware of that. Uh, so by the way, this was in Switzerland. Uh, never mentioned that. Um, so got a credit in Switzerland, which was cool. Um, so that was my experience in Switzerland for all of four or five hours. I wish I had spent more time in Switzerland. I, as I said, I want to go back to Switzerland for way different reasons. I want to go skiing in Switzerland at some point, hopefully, in my life. Uh, I love the architecture of all those. And it was nice since I, I didn't want to pay for the, what do they call it? The um, the road the, thing. The placards or uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, not the passport, the... Um, driving permit thing i don't know you have to drive if you drive on any of the highways you have to have a a sticker and uh you can easily avoid that if you're on a on ways or whatever you just shoot it as no no tolls and it'll just keep you off of the those highways uh, it adds a little bit of time but you know what it took it was it was right on the the giant giant lake that's between Switzerland and Germany that I have absolutely no idea which what lake it is. But uh, beautiful views the entire time going through all the small little Swiss villages. So um, I, I couldn't complain about that. I would have, uh, honestly, I probably would have gone that way regardless because uh, restways are really boring. So uh, I, the, the, the word we're looking for is vignette. Yes, vignettes. Is. There we go. Um, so that that is that. Um, then the next day we go to Europa Park, so that's another thing. And then Walligator or Nigolo Nigolo Land. Um, this is a really weird park. It's it's pretty much right between halfway between Europa and Paris. Um, nice park. Um, I call it Europa. Euro, I call it. I was calling it Europa Park Mini, um, because there were so many things that were compared to Europa Park on a very small scale. Um, first of all, four of the five coasters are mocks, so there's that. Uh, and then every coaster is themed to a different country. Uh, they don't really go onto different like areas of the park uh some places there were like themed areas of the park but most of it it just extended to the actual coasters or rides or whatever and then there was also a canadian area so there's that um cute little park um it wasn't very crowded because it was rainy and cold and i was freezing because i was stupid and wore nothing but a long sleeve shirt um but uh some really cool stuff here. Um, gold mine train, Mac powered, pretty cool, minimal theming, but it was fun. Um, Spatil, oh god, Spatil Express, or Spatil Experience. Uh, I call this a space coaster. It's an indoor mock coaster, same ride system that uh, Euro. Eurostat had. So the trains were identical. Um, really cool theming. Uh, the station was absolutely beautiful. They had all their audio amps and all the PLCs in these glass cabinets all lit up with LEDs. It's like they 
I feel like the the owner of this park uh, grew up PC gaming and was like, I want to make my my computers of my roller coaster look like like I did to my uh, PC because it looked beautiful. It was fantastic. Um, they were only running one train, unfortunately, so it had quite a bit of a line, but it was nice since it was out of the rain. Uh, very intense. Uh, very really. It, it, I feel like this is what somewhat like what Space Mountain used to look like um, with all the planets and all that stuff. Um, you came really close to some of the planets and and stuff inside of it, and uh, really good laterals. Uh, it was quite intense. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then the main reason to come to this park was uh, Alpina Blitz, uh, which is a Mac Mega Coaster, a very very similar layout to the TPR overhyped Megalite, Intamin <laughs> Megalite. <laughs> Confirmed um, is overhyped at this stage too, for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I think this one is a little bit toned down from the Intamin, anyways. Um, but it has a nearly identical layout as the Megalite. Um, and it's a fantastic ride, fantastic theming. Um, one train, unfortunately, but it didn't really need more than one train. Um, just really good airtime. Uh, it's not very tall. It's like 100 feet tall, really steep first drop into a 270-degree uh, turn with a S-curve airtime hill, a bunch of little poppy airtime hills, and turns and s curves and oh it's fantastic it was a really good coaster it was definitely worth going to and it was my 1000 1111th coaster one 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 so there's that um <laughs> it was a cool little park to stop through uh i don't think i go to it anytime soon again um but there's that um Park Asterix. Yeah, we're going to put that on the highlights one. Um, it was very, very crowded. It had a 20, 25 or 20 euro parking fee. Very expensive. Very crowded. Um, again, I was on a Saturday, but still. Um, I opted for the skip the line pass that got me on everything once, so I knew I could get all the coasters in once. Uh, and then I waited for a couple of things more than once. Um, let's talk with the coaster that's overly hyped as the worst coaster in the world. Gerdurex. Is it smooth? Hell no. Is it the worst coaster I've ever been on? Not a chance. They've done a lot of work on it to smooth it out. Um, it actually just pulled some really sharp, positive G-forces that kind of whipped my, whipped my neck back really quickly. That was what hurt me the most, to be honest with you. It wasn't any headbanging. Um, only had a chance to do it once, unfortunately. Uh, would have done it a second time, but I chose better things over it to go again since it was so busy. Uh, but this is a Vacoma 7 Looper. Um, I wish they would just put some vest trains on it. It would be freaking awesome with vest trains because uh, it felt similar to Blue Hawk, especially with the first element uh, doing that twisting butterfly thing. That's awesome. Pegasus Express is a... Uh, Gershaler coaster similar to um, Fire Chaser Express um, with the back and forwards thing. Um, you enter and leave the station similar to any other roller coaster in the world. It, you don't back in and back out. Um, really long ride, really long ride. Um, 
lots of twists and turns, and it's mostly built um, on top of a berm and on top of the rapids ride. So kind of just, I think it might have just was built into a portion of the park that just had no other use other than a long, thin ride. Uh, has a show scene, which you uh, go into. It has two lift hills. Um, the, the, the second lift hill being right before the show scene, like Fire Chaser Express. Um, lots of projections in there. Pretty cool. It sprays you with water. And I'm not talking like universal, like little spurts there. Like a, like a solid, you know, like water fountain spurt of water, which I was not expecting whatsoever um, with my, you know, GoPro or my Yi that's not waterproof. So that was uh, not good. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it was a cool ride. Fire Chaser Express is better, though. Um, Trace du Hora, the bobsled. Uh, one of the longest co bobsleds in the world. I think it's the second longest. Uh, not themed to bobsledding. Um, really cool theming. Uh, really long ride. Unfortunately, lots of block breaks. It never really picks up any speed. It's really boring. Did not enjoy it whatsoever. Gave it two goes and front and back and no bueno. Uh, what'd you think of that one? I'm interested on that one for you. Uh, for which ride again? I'm sorry. The bobsled. That's all right. It doesn't really do very much. Yeah. It's yeah. long. I mean, I'll give it that. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm getting excited. Like I'm just waiting to hear Tenor Dizzo's opinions. Well, of That's course, I'm leaving that for actually second to last. <laughs> uh, Vol de Calaire. Uh, this is a weird ass uh, Zaire. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of a Flitzer, but way more boring. Uh, I rode it once, and that was all I needed. Um, yeah, it was nothing to talk about. It, it always looked cool to me, but it ended up being practically nothing. Um, We'll do uh, Toronto de Zeus, the wood coaster, CCI, built in 1997. Built by, uh, designed by Dennis McNulty, which I saw this weekend, good friend of mine. Um, and um, it's a really good CCI. If it was about 15 to 20 feet taller. Or vice versa, 500 feet shorter. Um it's really good. It just extends the amount of momentum, initial, you know, potential energy that it has to absolutely nothing. Uh, if you look at the video of the, one of the last turn, lost hills that I have before the final helix, you would have swore it was slow-mo. That's how slow it goes over that last hill. Um, it just loses all speed towards the end of the, end of the ride. Uh, I believe they've done a lot of work to it because it was really running well. It was very smooth. I'd heard it was absolutely in terrible condition uh, over the last few years, uh, but it seems like they've done a lot of work to it. So, uh, fantastic ride. Starts with a really good first drop into a tunnel. Um, it, it's got it's got all the CCI things you know, the dipping turnarounds. Um, it reminded me a little bit of Megaphobia, if anything. Or, or Silver Comet, maybe. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of Silver Comet, but larger. Um, I, it was a good CCI, um, but it, it felt like a lot of other CCIs. Um, you liked it, right? 
I had a couple, I had like one okay ride on it. It was, so you have to remember like when the ride had opened and had operated for the first couple of years, there was this sort of thing where people said it was like the best wood coaster in the world. And it, it consistently was at the top or right next to the top on the Mitch's wood pole. <laughs> and so when everybody got there on the ECO trip, you know, there's like 150 people that pull up on a bus. Um, everyone gets off, goes on the ride and immediately the ride was, was shuffling and, and bouncing around pretty badly so that if you were in an axle seat, it was not fun. Uh, the front and middle just didn't really do very much. I rode in the front seat and the back seat, so no problem with the axle here now in this condition. So, um, it was definitely a back seat ride, as best I could tell at the time. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, and so if you rode in the front of the last car, it was it was doable. And I would say, based on the layout at the time, it was somewhere hovering in the top 15, 20 of that era, you know, where there was a lot of the CCIs were still in good shape. Um, I'm sure it would probably be lower now because so many good rides have been built subsequently. Um, it was, it, it was one of those rides where everybody was depressed. Like everyone was really sad because they had been promised, you know, the best thing ever. And, they, you know, it was, we had kind of already gone through this with Megaphobia, where it was good, but it wasn't, you know, what people were thinking it was going to be kind of thing. We didn't get 90 ERT either. And then to get to this, it was just like, come on. Like, there was, there were a lot of things on that trip where people promoted things as being, you know, the best thing ever. Uh, I remember uh, Bill Buckley, Biker Buck talking up how great Colossus was because I think he had gone with the ECC like a month before we got there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we ride it and we're like, this is the, the better than shivering timbers out and back. This? Shivering timbers is way better than Colossus. Yeah. 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 I mean, the helix now that they, they took the trim break off before the helix on shivering timbers, by the way. So, Oh, yeah, it's definitely now, because that Helix never did anything before. They've added trims to that ride since I rode it years back. Um, yeah, trims didn't bother me too much, but I, I maybe they did because of my little opinion of it. Um, I, the point is that, that Tener de yeah. Zeus, I think, I'd like to ride it again because it still has, you know, I still heard enough about that reputation at a very formative time so that I remember it. Uh, most people have never, I, I don't know that anybody under like the age of 35, at least certainly under the age of 30, even knows that that ride was considered great at one point. I really don't. I, I think they, I don't, I don't, I mean, a top 25 doesn't even, I didn't even think about that. So it was good, but it wasn't amazing. Would you say in its current state that it's better or worse than... You know, I, and I guess this is kind of like, because they're not really the same ride. So if you had both of them set, sat next to one another, uh, and you would know that you'd get to ride, you know, either the one on the the right or the left, you know, whichever. This one's on the right, this other coaster's going to be on the left, okay? 
as much as you wanted to for the rest of your life easily, would you rather ride Tadair to Zeus or Viper at Great America? Probably Viper. All right, there you go. Viper is really fun. It is really fun, but it's to me it's like the cutoff. Like, it's a great ride, but it's also like a properly rated ride. Where everyone mm -hmm. says it's it's super underrated, and then you sit down and you actually start breaking it out, and you're like, yeah. I guess it really is about number 37. But they're kind of close. Like, I, I put them both in the same category. I mean, if you're talking about it being number 36 or number 38, it doesn't really make a big difference. Yeah, right? that's what I meant by the same category, yeah. yeah. Um, the queue line's cool with the handrails, how, like, halfway through the, hand, the, the, the queue line, the handrails go up into a, to like, a little airtime hill. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that, that park... And I thought, well, that would never work in America. People would be crawling over all the time. <laughs> Ten minutes later, some kid was crawling all over it. I'm like, <laughs> well, it, it happens there. It's just that everybody kind of accepts it. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that big a deal. Um, that park in general, like, it was not the most fun day because it was pretty packed. It was like a Friday, I think, is when we got there. Yeah, and, it was on Saturday. So yeah. And you know, it was super hot. Um. You know, it was like 92 degrees, and it was the end of the trip, and everyone was just wore out. Guess so, where this was for me. Like, yeah, the end of the trip. trip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least it wasn't uh, 90 degrees, though, right? It was more no, like 75. No, no, no. It was chilly. I think I, that's why I got a coffee to go on the observation tower that you can uh, take a drink on. Uh, either coffee oh, fantastic. or fantastic. beer or whatever. But I, I just didn't feel like drinking that day. And also their alcohol was pretty expensive for Europe. So I was like, fuck that. I've already given you enough. But I wanted to do this this observation <laughs> tower where it's a bar where it has lap bar, a seatbelt. Um, I don't know who it's built by, man. I, it, I think it might be built by um, Skyline because they built a very similar looking ride in Bronson. Bronson. Branson. Bronson. <laughs> Bronson. What am I doing? With France? France? Bronson? <laughs> um, but it's a, it's this tower thing. I, I, I kind of did it because I wanted amazing views of Gerderux and uh, Turn on Zeus because it's right next to those two rides. So for me, it was just an observation tower that stayed up for a very long time and I got all the pictures I wanted to. I like. I first asked them, "Can I take camera on?" And they're like, "Yes." I'm like, "Okay, give me a coffee." <laughs> <laughs> so that was really cool. And um, but uh, yeah, that was a really cool experience. I'd love more parks to do that type of thing. Um, it's really hard to describe. I, I don't know if I gave it described it properly. Um, <sighs> It's a floating bar in the air. There you go. That's the way to, to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, trying to see. Trying to get my way through the skyline. Used to be able to see all the rides that they did. Anyways. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, 
Yeah, they totally built it. Um, they built a steampunk balloon gondola for parakeet peats in the Branson area, and this looks very similar to it, the structure itself, except for uh, sitting on the outside, you sit inward with a bar in the in the middle, and you're lifted up. So that's cool. If that's actually their ride. That's really cool for Skyline to do something internationally, other than do designs for GCI uh, for the China rides. Um, so seems like they stopped updating their website of what they built. Um, they got too busy, didn't they? Um, <laughs> uh, the, 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 my favorite ride of the park here, Arzurix. Arzurix? 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 B&M and Verticoaster are second last one to be built currently. Um, it's like a mini Montu with awesome theming, awesome trench dives, awesome geoforces, a really bad rattle at the bottom of the first drop, though, I had to add. That was... I, I've never wanted to be complain about the B&M rattle because it's kind of annoying, but it's usually not painful. This one was actually a little painful. But other than that, really cool elements. I talked to someone back on that TPR trip who said this was the most boring inverted coaster he's ever been on. It felt like you were just leisurely flying through the air, no G-forces. Ugh, it was the worst coaster ever. I, wow. No, this thing was freaking awesome. Um, do I like it better? It's it's easy to compare it to Montus. It has the same colors. <laughs> uh, blue track and tan supports. Um, really cool theme. Uh, I did this five times using the single rider line and my skip to ride pass. And then the final time I used the regular queue because the, the single rider line was closed for my last ride. And got to see the entire full queue. Really cool theming underneath the station. Very cool. Uh, really cool murals inside the station. Oh, really, really good coaster. Loved it. Um, just really cool elements. Um, overbanks, loops, G rolls that come really close to the station. Oh, fantastic ride. Um, I, do I call it better than Montu? Maybe. Uh, first drop is fantastic. It doesn't have the B&M dip, so it's a very, very steep drop, kind of like Banshee, but smaller. Um, yeah, I'm sad that the inverted coasters go, have gone away because they're better than wing coasters, which seem to be what had pretty much uh, killed killed off the inverted coaster, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're getting another one for the park in uh Groneland is eventually building one i think they're building a inverted coaster because they don't have the space for the clearance of their wide ass bnm uh wing coaster trains i imagine that's the reason why they went with inverted instead of wing but that was fun it was a fun coaster um last one to talk about for this podcast since we're not going to get to any highlights unfortunately um we're going to talk about Please hold. We're going to talk about uh Jardin de Ecclefion. Um this is a stone's throw from the Eiffel Tower. Um it's very accessible from the Paris um subway. Um 
Also, I cannot recommend the Paris Subway Pass for the weekly pass. Um, uh, has a little bit of a fee to get your pass, but that pass is then good for 10 years. So if you return to Paris within 10 years, which I probably will, it's uh, good to go. You just got to reload it. Um, and uh, yeah, the Paris subway is phenomenal. And using Google Maps, uh, it was the easiest thing ever. Way easier to use than New York subway. Way easier and way cleaner. Um, and um, uh, this is a small little park. I don't know who, is it owned by, I think it's government owned, right? Or no? I, I want to say it's a nonprofit. It, it has its own association, which is it's, why it's gated. It has an entry fee and all the rest of it. It's technically operated by the same, it's operated by the Wallaby and like Bellardi, the same, same you know, family of parks. Um, mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, and Park Asterix. I didn't realize that was the same operator between all those. I had no idea. But there's no season pass that you can get that works on all of those. Uh, if you're thinking that you could, you cannot. You can't even get a pass between the uh, Wallaby parks I went to, which sucked. Um, a really cool park. They just renovated it uh, last year. Gave it like a steampunk theme. Really, really cool. Um, really cool coasters here. I loved all four of them. Um, only rode them all once, just paid tickets. There's a fee to get into the park and then you can pay per ticket or you can get a wristband. I don't know if that fee is, um, if the fee to get in the park is uh, not required if you do the wristband, but um, I don't think you really need to do the wristband if you're just there for the credits. Um, and I mean, literally you could go to the Eiffel Tower and slip away to this park and be back to the Eiffel Tower in less than two hours, probably. Um, first up is Soros Menikinis. This is a uh, junior spinning coaster by Rebistron. Um I think the one, only one they've ever built. Uh, Zamperl has kind of revitalized the, the, the junior spinning coaster themselves, considering they bought most of the rubbish on, I, you know, stuff. Um, mm -hmm. it, it was cool. It was small. It was, um, yeah, it, it just felt like the second half of a uh, crazy mouse, basically, with some very small drops and dips. Really cool how they placed part of the coaster right over some of the existing buildings. That's always fun to see. Um, Speed Rockets, uh, Gershler Bobsled, the final one of the trip. I loved every single bobsled I did. There wasn't one I didn't enjoy, and there wasn't one that didn't make me say, why the hell hasn't an American Park bought one? Um, and uh, this is the smallest one, probably. Um, the one at Movie Park is probably smaller, but um, that's hard to tell because it's indoors. Uh, two lift hills, uh, one chain, one tire, for whatever reason. Um, really cool little drops, dips, and turns, and fun ride. Cool little theme with these little rocket cars that are going around the uh, the track. And some British girl who got very mad at me for who thought I was uh, photographing her, where I was like, "No, I'm photographing the roller coaster. You were just on it." <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was very. I walked up to the station after. Uh, 
doing a, you know, a video because it was a very, it was dead. The park was so dead on a Monday, I want to say it was. Yeah, it was Monday. And um, there couldn't have been more than 50 people in the park, which is a shame since it's such a nice little park. I'm, I'm sure they do way better on Saturdays. Uh, there's a lot to do in the park. There's a small zoo. There's a museum. There's a lot of, to do. Um, and if I weren't so tired at the end of the trip, I would have done more of it. And I, I'd gladly go back to this place since it's so accessible. Um, then uh, the biggest surprise is uh, I bought enough tickets for three of the coasters because for the last three months, there was a notification on their website saying that their powered coaster was closed and would be opening soon. Well, it was open. I actually walked up to it expecting it to be their other junior coaster and then like basically got into the train. I was like, oh, wait, this is the powered coaster. <laughs> that was a really cool surprise. I rode in the front seat and actually coming out of the tunnel got an ejector air on a powered coaster. So that surprised me. Uh, only got to go around twice and I was actually kind of disappointed because it's like that was really good airtime for a powered coaster. A really cool steampunk theme to it uh, under the... Uh, um, underwater or underground tunnel as i said um really cool fun uh this was done by saquette the french manufacturer as i said i loved every single ride they did that i rode then the final coaster and uh the final tournament coaster of the trip uh credit wise was the dragon coaster thing um it was a weird coaster. It had like it was a junior coaster, really small, like wacky worm size, but it had like three lift hills that got progressively lifted you up progressively taller and taller until you had the first the final big drop that kind of dropped you under grade a little bit underwater. And then a turn right into the station. So it built you all up for that just to go into the station. It was a bizarre layout. But fun. Um and uh, then uh you know, as I said, there was one more coaster credit of the trip, and I'll talk about that really quickly. It was at the crappiest fair of the whole trip, um, nearby within walking distance, and uh, uh, I had to actually return there later after coming back from Paris, from Disneyland Paris, and uh, it was a uh, Monday night, and there was, like, nobody there, and I was dog-tired. rode a uh, genuine Pinfari where the operator was, uh, I, I thought he was first saying that you need more than one person. He, he was actually just trying to tell me how much it was. <laughs> yeah. And then I sit down and the lap bar wouldn't lock. And he's like, oh, don't lock, no lock, no lock. And he's like, oh, then he just pointed to the, the, the grab bar and like, like, you know, hold on tight. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> So my last credit of the trip was uh, holding on to the coaster car that had a non-functioning lap bar. But it was just in Pinfari, so I knew there wasn't anything that I really needed to worry about. Possibly the maintenance of the rest of the coaster, but fortunately I saw a car go right before me. So um, I knew that one at least got around. So that, 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 that was it. And uh, there was a swinging ship there that had cages on the end of it that you could stand up and do crazy things. Um, and... Uh, I regrettably didn't do it, but I was just so exhausted and just wanted to get home. Um, so I was able to catch an earlier train back to the Airbnb than expected, and that's all I cared about at the end of 30 days. Um, 
But yeah, um, I think that's all we're going to do tonight. We'll get into the highlight parks, the ones that you've heard about and love to hear about um, next time. Yeah. So, finally and wrap fairs. this damn thing Lots up. of fairs. Yeah, we're just going to kind of uh, group all the fairs together. I'll highlight my favorite one and um, maybe the differences between the different countries. Um, but uh, spoiler, even that crappy one in France was in Paris was probably better than any American fair. They're, they're just they're a different. It's a different feel. It's 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 so much better. So. So we will be back to finish this up finally. And uh, as always, you can check out all the videos from this trip eventually on the YouTube channel. By the time this podcast is up, we should probably be almost in Belgium. So. <laughs> Check that out. Um, and all the other videos I'm doing for Halloween stuff, if you want to look back at all the Halloween stuff that occurred or is about to wrap up. So uh, that's it. Coaster Spotting on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and a dormant Instagram account. How about you? Where can we find you? Gods on Safari on Twitter. And, of course, you can listen to all our past episodes on Parkscope.net. And they're gems, Bye. so you should always do that. Of course, they're all, they're all great. Um, yeah, yeah. One quick item, because I just saw this, uh, sort of the doot-doot-doot-doot-doot breaking oh. news. Uh-oh. Uh, tsunami, a.k.a. Texas Tornado, a.k.a. Thriller, will be scrapped. No! This is all because coaster enthusiasts could not handle the accordion restraints, which they have on Mindbender. But that's just my opinion. Um, well, we have always thought that was possibly, you know, going to happen, or had already happened. So yeah, it, it's been for sale for like three and a half years. Uh, they couldn't Mexico. sell it. Yeah, it's in Aguas Calientes at the the National Fairgrounds in San Marcos, and um, yeah, they think... couldn't sell it. So, Do you think the incident in Mexico City might have been like, well, now we're never going to sell it? Yeah, I think that's probably what happened. I think it's, you know, it's one thing to just leave it up there and be like, nah. And, like, probably not a whole lot of maintenance being done to it while it was just standing up and then this on top of it. Yeah, Wasn't it taken was... down a while ago? I think it was. So it's I been sitting know... in a field, I think. It might be it might be sitting in a field. I you know that's that was also the case with Eurostar, but it, it returned. Uh, it's in Russia again. <laughs> yeah, now I got to go to Russia. Oh God. Um, but anyways, I I just want to mention that 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 has been uh, that news just came out. Well, uh, pour one out to any Scorchkov, right? Yeah, I guess yeah. I... that was a good one. <laughs> I I had the fortunate to ride that one, so. Uh, I I saw both that and uh, Texas Cyclone standing there not running when I went to Astro World. So, yep, that was my luck. Yeah. Um, anyways, we will be back again with the final installment of the European Trip Reports, and we will catch you all later. <laughs>